in the dead of night, eight souls are lost by the sharp edge of an axe. Will we ever find out who committed this heinous crime? And do their souls still lurk the halls of the Villisca Axe Murder House? We'll pull up a chair and join us around the haunting table. Welcome, welcome everybody to a very strange, very different episode of The Haunting Table, episode number seven, seven, seven. Who are you? Who am stop, I? Stop it. We're, so strange. Where are we? So first of all, to all you watching on YouTube and wondering what the fuck's going on, and to all of you not watching on YouTube but listening to the podcast and wondering why the fuck is he addressing the YouTube viewers, we are doing something different today. Uh, due to a, a, a mandatory quarantine by one of our one of our ghost boys, uh, because the world is weird right now. So, Sorry. please don't <laughs> become a real ghost boy. Just be you. <laughs> so, so what we are doing today is we're all in the comfort of our own homes with no pants on, but we got our ghost boy shirts on. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna try and try and do the best we can with what we have, and we're uh, doing this over Discord. So if the audio quality is a little different, a little wavery at points, a little robotic, that's why we can't get the best quality through Discord. But I digress. Welcome everybody back to the haunting table. I'm your ghost boy, Jake Woods, accompanied by ghost boy Tyler Carroll. Hey, got it right. What's up, Anthony Adamson? Hi. How you guys doing tonight? <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of The Haunting Table. And the special part is just that we're not doing any investigation today, which sucks. Oh, it does. It's it's lame. It sucks. I really wanted to go to this place, but... Yeah. Fuck you, COVID. Oh, well. <laughs> fuck you, COVID. <laughs> Literally. And, uh, oh, and fuck you, other things that would keep us from coming to this house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Uh, but anyway... Thank you all for coming back and rejoining the haunting table and pulling up that chair. Uh, if you haven't already seen the previous episode, we are in where where were we, Anthony? We were in Malvern Manor, Malvern, Malvern Manor. Iowa, Iowa, Malvern Iowa. It was in Malvern, fucking Iowa. Lit. It was awesome. If you haven't watched that episode, please yeah. go back and listen to that episode because it is great. It was. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was the latest we've ever recorded an episode. And actually, this is the earliest we've ever recorded an episode. Yeah. It is <laughs> it is currently 6.52 PM. PM, like an actual normal even, time. Usually don't even <laughs> arrive like, at the half by this. Yeah, be but, a functioning adult <laughs> society. This is, like, this is about the time we usually show up at a building to start doing everything. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so not even up yet. if you haven't, if you haven't go check out that episode and if you haven't check out our Instagram and our Twitter to just keep up on the latest stuff on puppy Sunday, which was today. So go check, take a look at, uh, who, what was the, who was the puppy that we posted today? That was, um, what was his name? Which, which no, one was it? Was it the, the little one? Uh, was, no, uh, it was a uh, bear bear. Bear. Which yeah. I actually didn't finish posting, but uh, I just did right now. I had it pulled up, and I literally just posted it right now. <laughs> it was on my was phone, like and I forgot solid. about it. it was solid, yeah. So We're anyway, it, <laughs> uh, we aren't so professional. We're gonna... <laughs> we are uh, haunting underscore table on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you uh, want to give us some tips or tricks on the art of podcasting, or if you have information on where we could go next, and you can get us in there. 
please visit thehauntingtable at gmail.com and send us some information for whatever you want. Um, but yes, that's that. Now, on to our juicy, wet, maybe wet, depends on your diet. I hope Disclaimer not. turds that we're going to drop on your chest real quick. First and foremost, we, I guess this, this one doesn't matter. We're respectable of the buildings that we're in. Uh, we do our investigations. <laughs> we are given permission before we do any of our investigations, of course. Uh, but that doesn't apply here because we are currently at home, so we can leave that turd off your chest. You're only getting two disclaimer turds on your chest. Today. <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> no investigation and only two turds? I'm out. Yeah, no investigation, only two turds. Is it even worth listening to at this point? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Please don't turn it off. Yeah, please don't turn it off. Uh, we, we love you. Um, but the other disclaimer is be respectful. We are respectful. Uh, whenever we are talking about a story, we are respectful for the victims. We are respectful for, towards the stories and the uh, anything else that is involved, anything that might be, you know, sort of malicious. We try not to denigrate any of the victims or victims' families. And then last but not least, the third one that I always forget. What was it, Anthony? Uh, wait, we said be respectful. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yep, yeah. we said uh, well, the one. I'm just, that... I'm just messing with him. There's no more. That was it. That was everything. Be respectful. Ah, we get in. We get like, permission. <laughs> you're a piece of shit. <laughs> we get permission. There's anyway. our third turd. It's fucking Jay. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's me. It's your boy, Ghost Boy t- Turd Jay Turd. But anyway, Ghost Boy Turd Jay Jay guy. Moving, <laughs> moving on to, hey Tyler, where are we today? We. Are in our house. Of our own home. <laughs> we are where, in the comfort of our own homes. Where we wanted to be Correct. <laughs> was uh, Villisca, Iowa. Um, I have honestly no clue where that is at. Usually, I try to tell people where that's at, but I have no idea. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, it's in Iowa somewhere. So, do your research. <laughs> what a what an annoying podcast we are. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, Always changing and telling people to do research on their own. Like, what 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 are we do What are we doing here at this point? We're so inconsistent. It's I know, great. I know. <laughs> but uh, so the city began as a small settlement settlement called the Forks. Um, it was positioned between the Middle and West Nottaway River. Um, it was uh, first. A so the the first plat of the town was laid out in 1858 by D. N. Smith. There's those, there's those freaking damn, abbreviations. Yeah, those there's those damn abbreviations, man, over here because no one wants to type out actual names. Right. But uh, D. N. Smith of the Chicago, Burlington, and Quincy Railroad. You've heard about them before in many a podcast. Um, previously, <laughs> are you raising what? your hand? Why yes. are you raising your hand? I so. <laughs> Villisca, Iowa, is Jesus actually Christ. 42 minutes east of Malvern Manor, directly east. So really, yeah, we actually went we farther than Malvern. We drove right by it. We- Jesus, <laughs> oh my god! Right. So it's by I mean, we, We're literally doing this from the comfort of our own homes, and we choose to do a a, a building that's super close to where we could actually go instead of like right. reaching yeah. the space of the rest of the world. <laughs> well, there's oh, a reason man. why. There is a reason why. There is a reason why we will get to uh, later on after. It's, just, when we it's, get it's funny. It's it's our yeah. own little reason. Yeah. So, but um, the so he named the town Velisca, which he said meant. Just I'll, I'll get to this 
near the end. I'm not sure what I want to drop the other part of this. And but, the, the uh, guy that named it, what's his name again? Yeah. So D.N. Smith that named named okay. the town. He named it Velisca because he said it meant pretty place or pleasant view in the language of the area's uh, original Native American inhabitants. Please There's, be vagina. Oh, was he just guessing? It's not. No. Uh, it's it it's it I I found this out before we did this. Um I it's it's interesting as to what this name might actually mean though. So we'll we'll get into that in a second. But um it it the the town flourished in the early nineteen hundreds. Uh there was twenty five hundred people that called it home. There's a lot of hotels, restaurants, stores, theaters, and manufacturers um that were there. Um, the economy was largely based on agriculture. It's Iowa. It that's what it that's the corn. That's, it's Iowa. It's corn. corn. It's all agriculture. Corn. <laughs> corn. Um more than two dozen passenger and freight trains stop at the depot in the town each day. It sustained the town's growth and it promised a bright future. So the other big part to this town was <laughs> nice. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like um, a little muted emblem shows up because of his discord. <laughs> um, the, uh, the community itself um, has a very proud military beginning um, with the construction. And it was a 1912 of Iowa's only publicly funded and longest operating armory. Um, and that was on the north side of this town, uh, north side of the town square. Um, Velisca's Company F has represented um, just the the town, company the community, F? the state. Like just a, the letter F? Yeah. yeah, that's all it said. Company Company F. Yeah. Um, sounds very, very sounds like, sketchy. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like, like somebody some like had like a... I mean, leave a generic name like it's default default and they just forgot to change it halfway or through. it's like super secretive like like area 51 bro that's what i'm thinking like yeah. company this, f this little, town, this little town of 2500 people got some crazy military <laughs> background that they don't want us to know about call it company f or Files. they might be hiding uh. the story we're about to tell you <gasps> Ghosts. oh my god oh. Oh. <laughs> moving on <laughs> <laughs> so um it represented the community, the state, um, and the country. It says they 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 really like this military company F apparently. Um, in they had a, a 1916 expedition into Mexico. Um, they represented them in World War One, two Korea and Vietnam. I guess Velisca is the site of a Pulitzer Prize winning photo, as well. Oh, oh. I don't know. Uh, depicting Lieutenant Colonel Robert Moore greeting his family at the depot after returning from service in Africa. This photo appears in the July 26, 1943 issue of Life magazine. Um, the picture we will definitely have up. I have it here. Um, it is it's him pretty much hugging what looks like his daughter really tightly. It's actually a really cool picture and his wife standing there and everything. It's it's actually a cool picture. Um I don't know about send it through discord so we can see it. Cuz that's the, that's the thing about doing this. Is so we can do that. Okay. Okay. So it's really it's a really good picture though honestly like uh of someone just coming back from from war and Anthony quit raising your hand. Please stop raising your hand. Just speak. So okay. Jesus. 
So company <laughs> F wasn't the it wasn't like a a armory just like a business. It was an actual uh branch of the military cuz like they have the way that they named That makes their, it sound even more secretive. Their company well, all, F. They have like well they have like it's all letter like alphabet like like bravo like it's all that kind of stuff. So I just found it online. So it's like it's a National Guard. It was a National Guard company. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Alright, sweet. Doing your research. Because <laughs> we per- we would prefer to be able to do it for you. We're being honest right. here. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, I guess big big military background through uh through this place. Um good old I don't even know what the Pulitzer Prize is to be honest with you. I am an uncultured heathen, I guess. Doing the research. So <laughs> Jesus. God. You give this man a computer during a live podcast yeah, and he's right? just over here typing away just like oh, let's find this actually, actually Hang on. I'm the smart one raising my head. <laughs> actually, <laughs> teacher. Like, you you fucking nerd. Prize <laughs> right. award for achievements in newspaper magazine and online journalism, literature, and musical composition within the United States. It was first awarded in nineteen seventeen. Cool. Cool. Thanks for that. Hot knowledge, dropping hot. Dropping Google knowledge. Hot Google knowledge. Appreciate <laughs> you, man. We we love so, you. We do. Yeah, sometimes, most of the time. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> hey, you're right. Anyway, um, so the uh, the town of Liska, it's in uh, just to kind of give a little bit of current uh, info, I guess. It is. It's in Montgomery County. That's um, in Iowa. The population right now is 1252 as of the 2010 census. 1252, so, um, 1,252. Yep. Nice. It, so it keeps going down, <laughs> by the way. So the population in uh, 1990 was 1332. Uh, I guess that number included 638 families. Um, yeah, so I guess the town keeps getting smaller and smaller. It's weird. Hmm. I don't know. I mean... I don't know, we came from a place without getting into politics. We'll just say it's just <clears> getting <throat> it's getting smaller. I don't know what why it would, but it's let's a small town. Small towns usually get smaller unless they boom in Iowa. Unless their economy is growing, Honestly, usually the recession they say, probably destroyed it. Well, yeah, that too. But unless it, yeah, it, unless the town is growing, there's people aren't going to stay there. Yeah, if there's no growth, That's people true. move to where there is growth. <clears throat> yeah, the um, so unless you farm corn. <laughs> right. Um, the the town itself is uh, four square kilometers, I guess, um, which is one and a half miles. I was going to say, I'm an American. I don't know what kilometers means. Come on. Come what on. is your fucking weird uh, Europe <laughs> That's why, language? That's why I'm doing it. What's, what's the, what is that weird language you use that the rest of the world uses? Hey, like, you hey, weirdo? What, yeah, what's this, this, this America? Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere in the entire world, all 200 countries of the rest of the world uses, but we use miles. But this is okay. America. Okay. Right. Land yeah, right. of the free. All right, anyway. So to you filthy Americans out there, uh, one and a half miles, almost mm-hmm. 1.6 miles. Yeah. <laughs> I hate your stupid smirk so much, Anthony. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> that's Anthony. Yep. That's Real talk. I was I was watching the documentary uh, about like dinosaurs, and it was giving everything in meters. And I go, 
What does that do? What does that mean? In the upper right hand corner, it's like for dummies. Like it's just like meters. It's fifty seven feet. I'm like, oh, thank you, sweet baby Jesus. I was about to have to do math. Yeah, right. No, please, no, please, no. All right, sorry. I digress. (laughs) It's like when you said dinosaurs. I'm like, what the hell are we getting into right now? Where has this podcast gone? Meters. What are those? You fucking. What are those? What are those? Um, a a little bit of a interesting thing. So back to the name. All right. So this guy, D.N. Smith, said this name meant pretty place or pleasant view in the in the Native American translation from the the, the Native Americans of the area. Whatever. I need to say that anyway. Um, little known to its residents, I guess, was the possibility that they're of what their town name means not after pretty place but after a in uh native american word called walliska w-a-l-l-i-s-c-a so instead of v is a w and that means evil spirit does it really dang yep. it seems a little stage <laughs> yep um i i don't know i obviously i don't speak native american um i don't know these words um but if it's actually named evil spirit that is very 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 interesting leading into our story and very fitting yes exactly that is a better better way to describe that for sure And this is the first time that we can't tell you whether or not it is fitting with uh personal experience which hurts me deeply yeah Yeah. part of me is dead on the inside (laughs) but even (laughs) even if yeah (laughs) so is that is that the town history uh, yeah, there there wasn't so the there wasn't a lot, and I and I looked through a whole bunch of places throughout the week. Um, just I went to I got a lot of that from their historical website um, for their historical society. Um, they the the one big problem that I always ran into with the town history and stuff. So yes, it was very short, but they went into the story that we're going to tell you a lot because that's pretty much like the biggest thing their main draw in this town right yeah so it's almost um, weird it I, like after being to double digit websites and stuff i'm like okay cool this is my town history so um yep it was it's a little bit short there's not a whole bunch that i could find to be honest i mean we didn't get a chance to actually go here or like yeah. check like the public library that kind of stuff <clears throat> um so i mean we it, probably yep. could have but yeah oh well <laughs> Whatever. Here we are. I mean, so, yeah, I, li- I live two and a half hours take away. Us for some kind of overachievers. Come on I live, now. I live two and a half hours away, so one time right. not having to drive a long time, I'll take yeah. it. With anyway's uh, super old, eighteen-year-old tires that he's got. I know, car. right? Older than the actual car. <laughs> yeah. All right. But either way, that is my town history. We are awesome. in Zaliska, Iowa. So thank you. Appreciate on. it. Good. Good research. I mean, as far job, as we can do without actually thank going you, to you, the you. library, like you said. Yep. But, uh, I mean, even if we were able to go n- without the whole self-quarantine thing, mm-hmm. Anthony, what's the what's the reason we couldn't go? Because I remember there being <laughs> you a... Would, you would put me on fucking blast, bro. <laughs> I, remember the, I remember the there story. being a specific story that I myself find hilarious, and I'm hoping the rest of the viewers find... <laughs> As hilarious as I do. 
So if you don't remember, I think it was D and E episode. We kind of shouted out some places that didn't want us to go there. One being they told a, us to kick what? sand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One one being what was what the one that said no to you, Jay? Uh, it was a coven in yeah. Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, so now, which that's understandable. understandable. Now, they, she now, was so yeah. I, I reached out to her and she was super nice. She asked what we do. She asked, yes. and I was like, okay, we are a adult humor based podcast that deals with you know searching for and you know studying supernatural activity and she was like i completely respect that but unfortunately that doesn't align with our values for what we do in these buildings yep. being a building of the lord so unfortunately we can't allow that and i was like oh yep. awesome you know what yep. respectable moving on yep but for the Velisca axe murder house <laughs> was a little different go ahead anthony <laughs> let them yeah. know what happened so I called her and I told her we were professional ghost nutters, and she just hung. No, I was kidding. Was <laughs> that didn't so I call. So, so this place, this place, you you pay money to to rent out. I think it was at four hundred dollars. You pay oh four hundred dollars. We were to willing get to give oh my this. God. Lady I just I just figured out. dollars. I just figured out what it was we missed for the disclaimer turd, bro. I can never get these intros down. I think that's going to be part of us as a podcast. Is the intro never is never solid? I okay. forgot to say we're not professionals. We, we obviously we're not <laughs> professionals we're not obviously not we totally missed but yes we're so not professionals. Much we're, we're not professionals we're not professional researchers yeah. we're not professional ghost hunters ghostbusters or ghost nutters so. nutters <laughs> yep oh my god that worked because <laughs> of the discord that was, <laughs> there's yeah delay. there's a little bit that of delay between bad. us so that's gonna we're sound fl- awful we're, we're flustered guys this is totally yeah. out of our wheelhouse we <clears throat> building off of each other's energy and being in the actual building is is what we live for so that we're gonna be yeah, a little Jay's, different on this podcast jay's looming traps just get me really in the zone so um, <laughs> all right but, all right but yeah so, so, so we're, on. we're literally i'm like you know that futurama meme where it's like take my money i'm like yeah, money right. in hand like hey take our four hundred dollars actually pay you everybody yeah, lets money. us come in for free because it's obviously free advertising for that company but this one we're like hey take our money we will pay right. you yeah and uh i told her we were a podcast that we were an adult humor podcast a haunting table and she said no immediately. She said, I don't understand why podcasts keep trying to go here. Why is there like 100 episodes of the same uh, X murder house <laughs> podcast? You know, just kind of just like shit down my throat. Told you to literally <laughs> fuck off. Told yeah. you to fuck and off. It, it, and like I sat there with my mouth like gaping wide open for like probably 15 seconds, like not knowing what to say. And That's then I... I ended up, I don't know if she got burned. Maybe she got burned by a podcast before us. So, like, I'm not going to pretend, like, maybe maybe there wasn't something behind the Possibly. scenes or what happened. Uh, so, I was like, oh, okay, we'll have a good day. And I think she realized <laughs> that she kind of, like, went zero to 100 on me. So, she's yeah. like, it's okay. You know, maybe next time or whatever if you just want an investigation or something. But podcasts, no. If you have a <laughs> podcast, don't go there. We shouldn't. <laughs> we honestly shouldn't have said that. We should have just went. And then yeah. just did our investigation. <clears throat> so, like I yeah. said, we're, what we do is we're super yeah. upfront with everyone that we deal True. with. We just we put yeah. it on the Be line. Respectful. If they decide that if, if they decide that it's not their cup of tea, cup of tea. then we. Right. And that's what happened there. And it wasn't her podcast was not her cup of tea. Apparently, so they said no. They <clears throat> so she said pound sand. Dollars. She said you guys can <laughs> fucking pound sand. If you if yep. you translate that pound sand. Yeah. But yeah. So a lot of people have done this story. You you can see it on a lot of TV shows. It's a cool story. Uh, so other people might do it better than we do, but we're we just wanted to tell a story. So we're gonna go ahead and dive right into it. So now that we know 
where we are thanks to Tyler. I can't say what are we in because <laughs> we're not in anything. What are what are we discussing? Uh, so we'll just do that. I really need to I, I need to make jingle transitions. So like when we're talking about moving to hey Tyler, what town are we in? In 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 or something crazy. Like if we could do like a weird transition, so it's not just dead silence and me going. All right, so moving on to this, you know what I mean? I need to have some jingles for like Tyler's <laughs> section of the I podcast. I get down with that. Like do to start you off. Make them. Do it. And yeah. then I will not make one for Anthony because I don't give a fuck. Right. I'll probably make Just one me. for Anthony. I'm if used I'm, to it. It's okay. If I make one for Tyler, I'm going to make one for Anthony, and I'll probably make one for myself. Yeah. Just to kind of transition. Not even for us specifically, just for the transition of moving on. Make, but, it, make it a little more lively. Yeah. So let's get uh, let's get started with the story of what we're talking about today, which is the Velisca Axe Murder House. Pretty insane story we got here. Now, uh, like I said, a lot of the research for this has already been done. I couldn't really find anything out, you know, outstanding that these other articles don't talk about. So what I'm just going to do is I'm going to read from directly, basically directly from the VelizcaIowa.com uh, website where they talk about the the story and everything. So this story happened uh, in the early hours of June 11th, 1912, sometime between midnight and 5 a.m. Um, so long before serial killers, serial killers had uh, mass murders and it become a way of life, which I guess that's kind of sad to say serial killers were a way of life. Uh, two adults and six children were found brutally murdered in their beds in the small Midwestern town of Villisca, Iowa. During the weeks that followed, Life in this small town changed forever. That's uh, bum, it's bum, little, bum. yeah, it's a little too, uh, too a little too grabby there. <clears throat> As residents of this small town reinforced locks, openly carried weapons, huddled together while sleeping, newspaper reporters and private detectives flooded the streets. Accusations, rumors, suspicions run rampant among friends and families. Bloodhounds were brought in. Law enforcement agencies from neighboring counties and states joined forces. Hundreds of interviews filled thousands of pages. And yet, the murders remain unsolved. The murderer unpunished. To this day, still. Yeah. Bum, there's... Bum, bum. Bum, bum, yeah. <laughs> to this day, still, it's an unsolved murder, which I feel like could have almost been our, our 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 as a podcast draw if it was if it was more prominent because we we started off with an unsolved murder and here we are doing another unsolved murder that would be really cool if we could investigate houses that unsolved murders happened in you know what I mean that'd be a cool story to yeah I mean it's not good for them like rust in peace <laughs> and that really stinks like yeah right <laughs> honestly I'm not trying to be a smart ass like that's just it's a shame that you know women and children in in the family w- were murdered, and it sucks that it, we'll kind of get into it a little bit later. But it kind of seems kind of like you said, grabby, like kind of yeah. touristy over a murder. Like it I does. don't, and, I, right. and I just I don't know, man. It just doesn't sit right for me. That's I agree. Uh, so I'm just I'm I'm basically just going to paraphrase what I'm reading for the most part. That entrance paragraph I read there was obviously written by them. On their website, right. uh, I mean, we can't say too much about being grabby because the intro of <laughs> of the podcast was pretty grabby. <laughs> so, but we do what we can with what we're given. We're literally that's our whole that's our niche. <laughs> that that's literally what we do. Wait, that's what we do. They're a city, like that's a city page. It, but anyway, yeah. 
it, so it, does sound a little bit it is it is a city paid thing it's a little grabby but whatever uh oh, well. moving on so I'm, I'm gonna bounce back and forth between two websites so this is the first website was obviously the Velisca iowa.com website and then this one is house and history which are pretty cool websites they have a lot of information with different things regarding stuff like this but um, we'll move into the story. In the early hours of June 11th, 1912, sometime between midnight and 5 a.m., eight people were bludgeoned to death inside the home of the Moore family. This included all six members of the family and two friends of one of the daughters. So one of the daughters decided, hey, if I'm if I'm going out, you're coming with. I don't know if that's a tasteless <laughs> joke, but <laughs> six of the victims that was, were... Uh... <laughs> That was a little bad. Six, like I, <laughs> it's just, it's just geez. like, uh, it's, it's yeah. man. How would you like to be that family that, like, no, I know, like, well, yeah, like the, the, the parents of the daughters that, just, oh, like, right, yeah, it's like it's you, just, you think you to send yourself. them over and you think it's good because you know I've spent, you know, I, we've all had sleepovers. Well, Tyler maybe not, you know, but. He <laughs> He's always jumping on Tyler's back. God what? damn. That's for that one you got me the, the last episode. Okay, well, here, I, in, his, in his defense, the only reason Anthony knows that I've had sleepovers is because we've done it together. So yeah, that's dude. the only reason why. That's worse than me not having sleepovers. You two guys having sleepovers? <laughs> hey, man, we were young. Don't judge us. Yeah, no. we were young. One bed, in the water, one blanket, okay. one pair of pajama <laughs> pants. Back, back to the serious, uh, serious note. Yes. Um, it's just like you sent them away for a night, you know, Hey, you're probably like, hey, we have the kids out of the house. We can relax a little bit tonight because, you know, parents kind of like a little bit of time away from their kids sometimes. And sadly, like just and no one would imagine something that awful right. happening. And, and then almost feeling time. like maybe I should have said no, you know. And, yeah. That's and then just like the, the kids just over there like, you know, we're having a good time. We're over at our friend's house. Just I'm sure that was, you know, I'm sure they had a whole lot of little at a whole least lot of fun, fun during that night. But like. Yeah. That's horrible, man. I, yeah. I, I honestly like being the parent of the group. I cannot imagine sending like my, like my son over to like a friend's house to sleep, and then I get a call in the morning of like, hey, um, so this happened. I, I would, yeah. There's no way. Oh, That's yeah, horrible. You'd implode. Um, yeah, and speaking yeah, of imploding, you'll see uh, that it does affect people. The, the, the murders affected a lot of people, but six yeah. of the victims. So. Six of the victims were children, and then the two parents, uh, the Moore family. Uh, That's horrible. Which is uh, Josiah and his wife, Sarah Montgomery Moore. Um, the pictures above me here, you'll see Anthony will post those in the video editing as I'm talking about them. Um, so, yeah, Josiah Moore and his wife, Sarah Montgomery, which I'm assuming is also Moore, but they have it just as Montgomery, had four children. Herman, 11, mm -hmm. Mary, 10, Boyd, 7, and Paul, 5. Josiah was a local businessman with his own hardware store. Um, that'd be pretty dope. I mean, growing up in those times where there was no technology, having a hardware store, bro, you're the talk of the town. Uh, oh, for sure. Uh, his wife, Sarah, when not looking after four children, was active in the local church. So, that, I mean, that's kind of how everything was back then. You were either in the church or you were, you know sent to drown in the ocean because you were a witch. So there, you really had no choices. I mean, this was, it wasn't that long ago. This is early 1800s, late 1800s. Uh, on the night of June 10th, the Moore family spent the evening at a Presbyterian church where they took part in a children's day program. This was an event Sarah had helped coordinate. So she set this up and this is what they were doing. Mary, uh, Mary, who was 10 years old, invited two friends, sisters, Ina May or Ina May. I'm assuming it's Ina she was eight 
and then uh, Lena Gertrude Stillinger. Stillinger, Stillinger. These words are so hard to pronounce. Stillinger. Stillinger, Stillinger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She was 12. So May was eight and Lena was 12 to stay the night. The family had two sisters. Uh, The family and the two sisters would arrive back from a church around 10 p.m. that evening. uh, Nobody heard any kind of disturbance coming from the Moore house. However, the next morning, the neighbor, Mary Peckham, noticed the family hadn't come outside to do any of their usual chores. So back, I mean, back then, because there was no, like, a lot of TV or technology, you're always doing stuff around the house. So you're you're doing chores, you're outside, you're keeping yourself busy. And if you're not coming out, even for a little bit, some people might see that like today, it, today, if someone came and knocked on my door because they didn't see me come out today, I'd be like, bitch, leave me alone. I just didn't want to come outside today. <laughs> I didn't see you come outside right. to do any chores. And how is that your business? Back then, it's a little different. So, which is why Mary, who noticed the family didn't come out to do any of the chores, started knocking on the front door of the house, but nobody answered and it was locked. After letting their chickens out, she rang Rosemore, letting their chickens out. If that doesn't if that doesn't yell the time period, then I don't know what does. Uh, <laughs> after letting her chickens out, she rang Ross Moore, the brother of Josiah. And so here's a picture of Mary uh, posted up here on top. Like Mary, Ross, the brother of Josiah, got no answer when knocking on the door, so he let himself in using his own key. <sighs> Imagine that, man. Yeah. While, while Peckham stood on the porch... Moore went into the parlor and opened the guest bedroom door. Inside, he found Ina and Lena Stillinger, the friends, their lifeless bodies on the bed. That's, I mean, I could, seeing one dead body brutally murdered, that would tear you up inside. Seeing two sisters, that would tear you up even more inside. Seeing an entire fucking family, six children that would fucking destroy you but uh how do you live like how do you fucking, right i don't know how do you close how your do you, eyes because i i'll scroll no through reddit i'll scroll through reddit i don't know if anybody uses reddit the 50 50 subreddit where it's like it's either this is either a picture of a flower or the picture of a severed dick and it's like it's 50 50 it's blurred out so you don't know click it and sometimes it's the severed dick and mm, those images get buried into my brain for like a week until I could just force myself to forget them. And this yeah. is a picture on a smartphone. Imagine seeing that severed dick in person. And that's just that's just that. Imagine seeing an entire slaughtered family, six children. Ooh. Anyway, I don't want to. I'm gonna yeah, be honest. Yeah. I don't even. I don't yeah. even want to imagine that or pretend to imagine yeah. that. Agreed. And um, my heart goes out to that guy for having to. Well. I mean, I don't right. know the whole story, but having to live with that, yeah. <clears throat> that's, dude, that's, I, I, I don't, I can't think of any other word than like, I, I don't know. That's just horrifying. It's right. speechless. It makes, it's yeah, it, literally. It, it does. It, it's, oh my God, that's terrible, man. Right. So, uh, Moore and Peckham, uh, Moore, the Ross Moore, and then Mary Peckham contacted Hank Horton, Velisca's primary peace officer who arrived shortly after, uh, the officers searched the house would reveal all six members of the Moore family and the two girls, the two friends that stayed the night, all of whom were bludgeoned to death using Josiah's own axe. The axe was left behind in the room with the Stillinger sisters. Now, that word is weird to me. The fact that they say bludgeoned. Does that mean 
It sounds like he used like the 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 like back the, end the, of it. Yeah, like the back end of it, not the the blade side of it, because that that is a weird wording. I was thinking the same exact thing right, right. when you said that bludgeon. Like that that's like you're bludgeoned with a baseball bat. You don't yeah. get bludgeoned with an axe. Maybe they you just, just say like the wrong word there. No, because it's used everywhere. <clears throat> everywhere that I've researched, everywhere I look, they say bludgeoned. So maybe it's just I, because I, it's it's not like a sword or a knife. But it's still like an, it's literally for cutting stuff. I know. Like, I don't. Know. I, I don't know. It's just really weird wording. Or like, I I, I don't know. It's it's strange. Yeah. Like if it'd be strange that they would do if that's what happened. If they were bludgeoned with the like uh, the flat side of that, that right. they would do that as well instead of. Well, maybe it's just it's like, it's more of a respectful thing because it's harder to say found all six children chopped. Right. Like, yeah. Maybe, Maybe it just yeah. sounds so, better. Uh, on Webster, on Webster, it says to hit with heavy impact with a bludgeon to death to attack or overcome by aggressive argument. Blah blah blah. So I mean, obviously, don't worry about that part. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But uh, I think it's just like because, <laughs> it, yeah, I, I can't read very well. No, but good. <laughs> but it, um, it, it could be just for a respect of them. Yeah, thing. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, anyway, uh, in regards to the peace officer Horton. Uh, Anthony will post a picture up here. Um, moving forward, Anthony, if you want, it's just to be easier, I won't say post a picture. I'm going to send you what I'm looking at here, and all these pictures, just post them in regards to when I mention them. That's fine. That's usually cool. what I've been doing halfway through. Right, true. So. All right, uh, moving on. Doctors concluded that the murders took place between midnight and 5 a.m. Two cigarettes found in the attic suggested the killer, or killers, waited in the attic for the family to come home, waiting for the family to to then fall asleep to make their move. So they were just chilling in that attic. And I mean, back then, there's no, there's like no electricity for the most part. Right now, I have a ton of sounds going on in my house, but I could still hear even the slightest of move if someone is on one of those weak ass boards in my attic. How do they not yeah, hear? Like, How were they like, so it, still for that long? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I you just, would figure, if that's like middle of the night, right when everyone goes dead to sleep, silent. Yeah, like that person or possibly persons. If there's two cigarettes, maybe just I, I. I feel like it'd probably just be one, be like with two cigarettes. I guess being up there for that long, but like, you figure like I don't know that that family went to go do something, went to dinner or something, right? right? Like I don't know, like six, seven. They were they were they were home before dark and that they sat up there in that attic for four hours a long time like, yeah, like it sounds easily. like they, they were probably up there since before they got back from church yeah like so they were up there they got home at 10 so let's say they got up in the attic at 10 they, they got up right before they got home they went up in the attic yeah. at 10 p.m they're saying the murders took place between midnight and 5 a.m which is a minimum of two hours sitting absolutely still in an attic because remember, this is 1912. Like yeah. they said, so I don't know. These boards are creaky no as fuck. There's, there, there's some things that I've heard about this that just makes me question. And the fact that everyone I've asked, everyone that I've talked to, can't find a police report of this. Like the yeah. actual police no, report. Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, that was another thing is I was looking up to see if I could find police reports. So like, you know, maybe crime scene photos or things that I could normally find when it's an actual investigation that happened. But I wasn't able to. Nothing. Nothing. So, so I don't know. I mean, th I'm not trying to like 
down on anyone, but who it's knows? Sketchy. It could it's have sketchy. been somebody else's cigarettes. You know, who, who, yeah. maybe they waited up there. Maybe they didn't. It, it just seems fishy to for me to for the whole them story to wait seems up. fishy. Yeah, it just doesn't. <laughs> but we'll get into it. Doesn't it. add up. Yeah, we'll get into it. So Rem- um, reminiscent of like the Roadhouse, to be honest. Like it's just yeah. Like, I don't know. But there's actual evidence and crime scene investigations and documentation of pictures. the roadhouse. Pictures of yeah. the bodies and the caskets. Yeah, that's, and, yeah, that's fair, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the killer or killers began in the master bedroom where Josiah and Sarah Moore were sleeping. Josiah received more blows from the axe than any other victim. His face had been cut to such an extent that both of his eyes were missing. That's gr- brutal. While they used the blade of the axe on Josiah, the rest of his, the rest of the victims were used with the back end, blunt end of the axe. Okay. Jesus so it Christ. sounds like there was some anger, like that. That for me, that's that sounds anger. like that. That's a that's a a direct attack on him. Right. And it seems like everyone else was just uh, there, yeah, you know, there, and they just got caught up being yeah a family member or in the same location, which I mean sucks. Yeah. So normally when it's uh, a hired hit or something just for business, they just go in there to kill you and then you're done. But from this, it sounds like they were really trying to send a message, so to speak. After killing the parents, uh, they proceeded into the children's rooms and bludgeoned Herman, Mary, Arthur, and Paul. The killers, killer, and then, you know, or killers then returned to the master bedroom to inflict more blows on the parents. So they killed the parents, went to kill the kids, and then came back to then even more so kill the parents. While doing so, the killers knocked over a shoe that had filled with blood. The killers, or killer, uh, then moved downstairs to the guest room where they killed the uh, little sisters, Ina and Lena. Pretty gruesome. Yeah. That 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 silence is uh just speaks volume that we yeah. literally have no idea what to say about this. Yeah, like, it's uh this is a tough one because yeah. like uh, you gotta be respectful about it, but you gotta also question Questioned. some of the yeah some of the things going on with it. Right. Like not saying uh, these people weren't murdered, but no, no, why was I know there a shoe why was there a shoe why why does that matter? Like why is it a shoe yeah knocked how, over a shoe full of blood and it's how does it fill with the, blood? Yeah, because they're on a bed. A bed. Have you I, have you seen people? Be, yeah, the bed absorbs pretty much everything. Have you ever pissed on your bed and then it roll off to the side? Because <laughs> I've done that many nights. Actually, I have a funny story of why that why I said that. Uh, so I'm going to tell this story just to kind of light up lighten the mood a little bit here. Uh, here, here. <laughs> one, one time. So this is this is back in my bachelor days. I mean, I'm still a bachelor, but this is back when I, you know, was acting like a bachelor and well, not just cool. a lonely man <laughs> that's, that sits with his uh, puppy and plays it's video been games. A long it's year. been a long year. <laughs> but uh, so back in the day, I, I I I was renting out a townhouse, and you know, I'd have parties or people would come over, and we'd hang out and drink. Well, one time it was me, a couple of my buddies. And this female I was talking to, and she was blasted drunk. I mean, to the point to where she couldn't even hold her head up anymore. And I guess she also takes anxiety pills, which messed with it. So she gets up. She stands up. First thing she does when she stands up, so couch, 
glass coffee table. Stands up, <clears throat> hits her head on the glass coffee table. Like, I mean, I su- I'm surprised the glass didn't break. She then moves into the hallway. Now, staring at the hallway, you have this, and then it goes to the right to the bathroom, left to my bedroom. So she walks into this hallway, turns left. First, I'm thinking she's going to the bathroom, and then I see her turn left. I'm like, oh, fuck, what's about to happen? She pulls her pants down, sits on my bed, and starts peeing on my mattress. Nice, bro. Did you burn it? She finishes. No, I'm still using it to this day. She (laughs) (laughs) finishes. I like the memories, man. Sometimes. Oh, (laughs) the good old days. (laughs) That's too much. Too much. He he just let it dry. He didn't actually wash it. So she pulls her pants up. (laughs) She pulls her pants up, pulls the blanket over, and then goes to sleep because she knew she was on a fucking mattress. And. The whole time this is happening, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm so dumbfounded that this is happening. My face is like, uh, <laughs> like, do I grab her like a child or do I just let her do it? So I let her do it. And uh, that's forever imprinted on my brain. But the point, the reason I'm saying that is if you, if you were a piss on a bed, it doesn't just roll off the side and then drip like an overfilled sink. It soaks into the bed. So blood's just not going to roll off a bed. And fill a shoe. That doesn't make sense. Right? Am yeah. I done? Is, yeah. is anybody? No, no, I there? agree. I agree. Okay, cool. Yeah. I agree. Cool. I thought you had more, so. No, that's that's literally it. All right. Anyway, story time you over. I just wanted to tell the piss story. Let's be real. <laughs> You've been waiting. Well, kind of. All right. <laughs> it, 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 I just wanted to tell that story so that way you guys didn't think I just pissed my bed. So, because <laughs> I said that, you guys are like, wait, what? Like, okay, fine. I guess I got to tell you. Um, anyway, moving back into the story, the investigators believed that all the victims, except for Lena, one of the sisters that was invited over, uh, had been asleep when murdered. So all the everybody was asleep except for Lena. They believed that she was awake and tried to fight back, and she was found with a defensive wound on her arm. Lena's uh, nightgown was pushed up to her waist, and she was wearing no undergarments. A little brutal, but yeah. Fuck that person. I hope he yeah. fucking rots in hell. Seriously. Yeah. Well, he is. Definitely. And if there is no hell, I hope it's just continual blackness for him. And all he hears is the cries of the, his victims for the rest yeah, of eternity. Uh, this led the police to believe that the killer, killers, obviously sexually molested or attempted to do so. So we, we're going to go on the assumption that they attempted to. Um, just so that way it's better, uh, a, a better mindset to think that they didn't actually get to do it. Uh, over time, many residents of Villisca were suspected in the murder, uh, of the Moore family and two young Stillinger girls. However, it was Reverend Lynn George Kelly who police, that's worded weird. I'm, I'm gonna read that differently. Uh, it was Reverend Lynn George Kelly who the police were closest to nailing for the murders a reverend huh well that seems weird was it reverend a part of their church wouldn't he have been at the event they were doing at the presbyterian church maybe a different reverend i don't know what church did it but i've heard rumors that it was a traveling a traveling like reverend slash bible salesman or whatever so maybe that's who they were thinking of if it was a love interest maybe Maybe that's why, because she was very involved in the church and he maybe wasn't as much. That would explain why there was so much 
emphasis on his, you know, murder, on his attack. I don't know. That's uh, this is one of those ones where it could be a bunch of things, and I have some things in my interviews that kind of play out, which make me geared towards something else. Okay, cool. We'll move to that uh, a little bit later. Reverend Lynn George Kelly was an English-born traveling minister. 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 <laughs> Forgot neither. Mo Cassins. <laughs> Mo Cassins. Uh, <laughs> hey, I didn't misread this. I just left off a letter. <laughs> Mo Cassins. Hey, can I get one of the Mo Cassins? <laughs> I'm going to go put my Mo Cassins on. This That's a gonna... shout-out from the last episode yeah. where he meant to say moccasins. <laughs> Yeah. Those mocassins you put on your feet. <laughs> I just bought some new mocassins at the Walmart. At <laughs> the Walmart. Uh, but anyway, Reverend Lynn George Kelly was an English-born traveling minister. He just so happened to be in town on the night of the murders. Kelly was described as peculiar, reportedly having suffered a mental breakdown as an adolescent. I don't know what the fuck that has to do with anything, but okay. Uh, as an adult, he like, what the fuck is that? Why is that in there? Oh, he's he reportedly had a mental breakdown as a kid. Okay, I think he's there I mean, smearing them. I think it's one of that's those what it sounds smear like. campaigns. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, who gives a fuck? I, we, when as a kid, I've I had a mental breakdown as a kid one time because I thought I went through that existential thought where it's like, why am I the only one that can see through my eyes? You know what I mean? Like you're a kid, you're thinking of weird things in your life. So yeah, think about that. That that tore we, me up for a while. That tore me up for a while, right? Uh, Why are you the only one that could see through your eyes? That tore me up for a long time. Here's anyway, more to think about other people seeing through my eyes, to be honest with you. But it's like, there are million, there are millions and billions of people in the world. Why can you yeah. see? Why we, are you able to see? And it's why is it your eyes that you see through? <laughs> it's just, it tore me up as a kid. I don't know why. But anyway. That uh, explains a lot, bro. <laughs> then I think deeply, Anthony. You fucking, oh, football. Are you a pair police. of binoculars? Yeah, yeah you knuckle dragon <laughs> oaf. Yeah, Anthony, I throw football. That's all I do. Oh, football. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, football. Oh, police. Oh, me, big boy. <laughs> me, tall, big Sounds boy. Sounds about right. Me, yes, American. About right. <laughs> what are meter? Anyway, anyway. Uh, as an adult, he was accused of. Okay, so this makes it seem a little worse. As an adult, the reverend was accused of peeping and several times asking. Okay, these are this is weirdly written. I'm having a hard time reading this. Uh, he was accused of peeping, and there were several times where he was asking young women were accused to have asked young women and girls to pose nude for him. Which I mean, young could mean anything. Uh, Eighteen is considered young. But, well, if it's underage, he's a sick fuck, and yeah, if it's if judged. it's underage, I don't, I, I will never be one to accuse just based on what I'm reading that someone was a pedophile. Being a pedophile is nope. disgusting. But I'm never gonna accuse unless I can prove it. Yep. Um, just because only you God, know. only God could judge him. Yep. Uh, on June 8th, 1912, he came to Velisca to teach at a Children's Day service, which the Moore family had attended. On June 10th, two days after, um, is when they attended the service uh he left town between 5 a.m and 5 30 a.m on the 10th 1912 hours before the bodies were discovered reverend kelly had confessed to the murders in court but the jury did not believe his confession which people what? will be like oh he he confessed 
as a police officer, Anthony knows this happens. Okay, back people then they used to beat people. The beat the shit out of people. yeah. They they will tell they will convince this person that we have all this. We have this proof on you. Whether you did it or not, we're going to tell people you were a pedophile. Uh, if you just confess, if you just confess, then we we can go easy on you. We can help you out. Police even to this day still happens. People are still convinced to confess to things they didn't do because they are convinced that it will help them. It happens yeah. constantly. Right. Um, five years later, in 1917, Kelly was arrested for the Velisca murders. Um, police obtained a confession from him. However, it followed many hours of questioning, and Kelly later recanted. After two separate trials, he was acquitted at the Velisca Axe murder, and the and the Velisca Axe murders remained unsolved. So, I mean, that happens where people are pushed and convinced that you can can if you are good at selling or you know how the brain works you can convince a person of thinking they're guilty yeah there's been multiple documentaries on there where um people you know people have confessed even because they've been in you know interrogated for very long hours they you know they told them that it's the easy way to get uh, a plea deal plea deal and that kind of stuff um yeah, it's it's you know there's yeah. there's a right way to do confessions and interrogations and there's a wrong way and sadly it's been abused quite a bit throughout police. Um, obviously, there's some certain things now in line, procedures and you know case law and stuff like that for cops to follow. So hope yeah, it's gotten a lot better, but you know bad bad stuff will cause you know false corruption. Corruption tends to win. Uh, it's 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 sad to think, but where money is power and where power is corruption. So where there's money to be made, there's corruption, uh, which sucks. But that's the world we live in. We can just do our best being to be good people <laughs> for who we are and who we're around. Um, but while Reverend Lynn uh, George Kelly came closest to being convicted of the murders, there were plenty of other suspects. So here I'm going to list off a couple of the suspects. There was Frank F. Jones, who was an Iowa state senator and a prominent member of the town. Josiah Moore worked with Frank at the at their store for several years until he opened his own company in 1908. According to the Velisca residents, Jones was extremely upset that Moore left the company. While asking, hmm. or while also taking the very lucrative John Deere franchise with him. So... Hmm. I mean, that also sounds like, okay, that could, that could make sense. I mean, that's why he was more brutally hit than the other ones, you know? Um, and then there's William Mansfield, who was also, who also went by the name George Worley and Jack Turnbaugh. Two uh, different names? Three different names, yeah. William Mansfield, who also went by the names of George Worley and Jack Turnbaugh, was believed to have been fired by Frank F. Jones to carry out uh hired by him to carry out the murder. So he was he was considered to be a gun for hire. Payroll records, however, uh, provide an alibi that placed Mansfield in Illinois at the time of the murders. So hmm. obviously he's out. But like why yeah. would they jump well, to – He can still like, pay somebody, right? He could still be out of the state and have somebody murder yeah. someone for him. But yeah. I mean even still, like why would you even think of this guy as being paid for? He wasn't there. He had nothing to do with it. How did he come up in the conversation? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. So weird. A lot of weird stuff about it. Henry Moore was convicted 
of killing his mother and grandmother. So Henry Moore is another one uh, was convicted of killing his mother and grandmother in Columbia, Missouri, just months after the Velisca axe murders. He carried out the murder in a similar fashion to the Velisca axe, Velisca ass murders. Why do I keep? Why do I keep wanting to say ass? Velisca axe murders. Different, different podcast. <laughs> Oh, my God. But anyway, uh, he carried out the murders in a similar fashion, brutally murdering them with an axe. Twenty-two other axe murders had been committed in the Midwest during this time period. Uh, It was suggested that Moore was a serial killer who had a hand in all these killings. Despite the same surname, he was no relation to the murdered Moore family. So even though he had the same last name, he had no relation to him. I I was actually about to ask, and then he kept kind of going with that. But Okay. Gotcha. So a um, couple pictures here that uh, Anthony could post here. I'm just, I'll just send you this link. Um, now, more than 100 years later, it's unlikely that we will ever find out who committed the crime. Uh, the Velisca Axe Murder House will remain a mystery never to be solved. Uh, that's the one thing about not having DNA or stuff like that back then because – DNA testing happened. You, in the they 80s. literally had cigarettes up there. Yeah, like yeah, and it's and like it, that. There's your answer, pretty much. I would some imagine some of these things, if if they're well preserved, they can have DNA testing done to them now. But back then, that wasn't even a forethought. So a yeah. lot of the stuff wasn't. It was just thrown in boxes here. Maybe some things thrown in bags. But by this at, time, everything that could be tracked is gone. At at this point, even like if you, yeah, the, the, like those two cigarettes are gone somewhere. Yeah, they're. Pirated. Yeah, they're they're done. Like there's nothing you can do to keep that or even test on that. Yeah. Like I don't know. Well, I mean, That's I crazy. can do uh I can do a quick little history of the Velisca Axe murders. But actually, I kind of want to go into the suspects. So there is, of course, the uh, the senator and all this. There's there's more to it. So as to why, and I kind of want to jump into those. You guys, you guys want to do that? Yeah, go into it. Cool. So we'll start with the senator. Um, While uh, the state senator, what was his name again? Let's find out. Uh, Frank F. Jones. So I'll just read from this page. This is directly from the uh, Villisca, Iowa website. While no one was ever convicted of the axe murders, there did seem to be no shortage of suspects. In the days following the crimes, you could have read about at least four possibilities in any edition of the newspaper. Many of the leads, however, were quickly exhausted, and as time wore on, they became to dwindle. You began to dwindle. Today, a historian and those who have studied the axe murders extensively seem to be made up of three camps, whatever that means. For more information regarding suspects, click the fuck out of here. Uh, there are... There are many who believe Frank F. Jones, a prominent Villisca resident in the state Iowa Senate, was responsible for the brutal deaths of the Moors and the Stillinger children. Others admittedly... Is this even gonna... So I'm over here reading this shit for no fucking reason. Okay. We're gonna... So I found something. Just so, just to give you guys a heads up on the technology that was happening in the early 1900s. Um, fingerprinting was like just starting to come onto the scene around that time. And they were using like mug shots and like bone structure of faces to be able to identify people. And, um, I mean, like there were people that were twins that were getting arrested. Right. That, yeah, it, it, 
it was wild. So it it took policing quite a bit of time because, like I said, DNA happened in like the '80s. So and that's like the the huge thing in like CSI. Like, oh, there's cum everywhere. <laughs> Get the black light. Where's there's the cum? a murder. Mad. There's cum everywhere. Get the black light. Where's the cum? That's what he went with. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell I mean, me I'm fucking wrong. I mean, there's always you know blood you could have with semen. but <laughs> always semen so, every hair and so, semen everywhere so hang on, so hang on. on csi wrong? it's blood if you're talking svu law and order svu then it's semen and come come on man jesus get your show <laughs> there's right, come everywhere okay? but anyway Gosh. okay so I'm, I'm gonna go let's jump back into this uh so back about the state senator uh josiah moore worked with frank jones the senator at the Jones store, obviously, like I said earlier, for several years until he opened his own company in 1908. According to the Villisca residents, Jones was extremely upset that Moore had left his employment and uh, managed to take the very lucrative John Deere franchise with him. Rumor was that Moore had an affair with Jones' daughter-in-law, Donna, which further fanned the flames. Detective Wilkerson of the Burns Detective Agency openly accused Frank and his son Albert of hiring William Mansfield to kill Joe. Neither Jones was ever arrested and both denied vehemently any connections to the murder. So, man, some shady shit going on in Velisca. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, uh, not good. It's so weird not be. I feel like you guys, it's harder to stay focused because we're not sitting in front of each other. Yeah, no. So we're like zoning out here. But uh, no, I'm about- trying to find some. Re- I'm doing some research. Sorry, I was doing some research about about it, but I couldn't find anything. Oh well. Um, yeah. So, so sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna go on to William uh, Mansfield, the one that they said might have been hired. There's some stuff here. Hey, go ahead. Go sure. Ahead. Uh, Williams William Mansfield, a Blue Island, Illinois of Blue Island, Illinois, was the prime suspect of the Burns Detective Agency of Kansas City and Detective James Newton Wilkerson. According to the Wilkerson investigation, the murder of Joe Joe Moore and the other occupants of the Moore home, I guess they're going short with Joe Moore, which is, I guess instead of Josiah, they're going Joe. Uh, Josiah Moore and the other occupants of the Moore home were committed by Mansfield, who was in turn hired by F.F. Jones. Mansfield was also known as George Worley, and or Jack Turnbaugh, which in of itself, you're a shady person if you got three different fucking names. <laughs> Agreed. According Agreed. to the Wilkerson family, uh, or Wilkerson, Mansfield was a cocaine fiend and serial killer. Wilkerson also believed Mansfield was responsible for the axe murders of his wife, infant children, father-in-law, and mother-in-law in Blue Island, Illinois, on June 5th, 1914. So even more murders <laughs> two years after the Velisca murders. The axe murders committed in Pola, Kansas, Paola, Paola, maybe P-A-O-L-A, Kansas, four days before Velisca murders and the murders of Janie Patterson and Janie Miller, two Janies. What the hell's happening? <laughs> but so these are these are all other murders that uh, he was believed to be responsible for. Um, according to Wilkerson's investigation, all the murders were committed in precisely the same manner indicating the same man committed them, which sounds dumb. Swinging yeah. an axe is that you, everyone swings an axe the same way. You swing it over your shoulders. Right? Yeah. Dude, I, they, they were just, they Throwing were darts in the dark. walking their yeah. way through investigations. There Throwing are some darts people in the dark. that 
they were good at it, and then I'm guessing there's a lot of people that were just kind of like, yeah. I mean, I I, I, to even like come up with a a name for a suspect's hard to do, though. You know, like you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta kind of know what you're doing to be able to. All right, so yeah. This, this, well, this, a lot of that is these the times together. Stuff. Yeah, true. Which you have some, so that's gonna help in a little bit. Uh, so according to the works, all the murders were committed in precisely the same manner. Um, indicating or assuming that would mean the same man committed them. Workerson stated that he could prove that Mansfield was present in each of these places on the night of the murders. In each murder, the victim, the victims were hacked to death with an axe. See, hacked sounds more so like it would be instead of bludgeoned, you know. But now we right. know why they use bludgeoned because they were bludgeoned. Uh, hacked to death with an axe. In the mirrors in the homes were covered. So the mirrors, all the mirrors in these homes were covered during these murders, which, which I think is the same that happened in the the Skilla house or this Velisca. Sorry, yeah, the Velisca house. I what right? Weren't the mirrors and stuff? I haven't. There I didn't too? read anything about that. I heard something about it, but maybe so, I mis- misread. But I mean, that's a pretty specific tell, you know. Not that's many. An MO. Yeah, that's an MO because that means that that person just didn't want. He was trying to dehumanize himself, not wanting to see himself do it, so he could kind of like break apart his mind from the actual act of what he was doing. You know, so that you know he could kind of like separate. Yeah, it. yeah. He doesn't want to actually acknowledge himself killing yeah. people. Yep. Uh, but the mirrors recovered a burning lamp with the chimney off was left at the front of uh, at the foot of the bed and were covered or uh, at, at the foot of the bed and basin in which the murder washed was found in the kitchen. What the hell is I can't I'm having the hardest time reading these words they are written so weird. In each case, the murder avoided leaving fingerprints because they did still fingerprint sweep back then. Yeah. Um, avoided by wearing gloves. Uh, which Wilkerson believed was strong evidence that the man was Mansfield, who knew his fingerprints were f- uh, were on file at the federal military prison at Leavenworth, wherever that is. So there's more of that I can read. There's actually quite a bit here. Um, Wilkerson managed to convince a grand jury to open an investigation in 1916, and Mansfield was arrested and brought to Montgomery County from Kansas City. Payroll payroll records, however, provided an alibi that Mansfield was in Illinois at the time of the Velisca murders. He was released for a lack of evidence and later won a lawsuit he brought against Wilkerson and was awarded $2,225. So, so that was also a thing that so happened one, a lot. So one thing I was doing, I was looking up, sorry to kind of cut you off here. <clears throat> um, on one of these, it's so it was the Moors, right? Yeah. That was who got murdered? Okay. So it said that uh, on this website... Um, all things interesting. Um, it says after murdering the Morris, the killer had apparently set up some kind of ritual. He covered the Moore's parents' heads with sheets, the more the more children's faces with clothing, and then he went through each room in the house covering all the mirrors and windows with clothes or towels. Hmm. Um, at some point, he took a two pound piece of uncooked bacon from the fridge fridge and placed it in the living room along with a keychain. A bowl of water was found upstairs in the home. Uh, spirals of blood swirling through it. Um, police believed he washed his hands before. Yeah. So going by yeah. that, it says that he covered the mirrors and windows okay. just like the other person, the the one guy who the 
whoever it was. I don't remember his name. Yeah. The serial murderer who did the same thing in the other place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's strange. Yeah, it is. And one more fun it's... fact for the for fingerprints, just as kind of because you were talking about fingerprinting in yeah. 1914. The first criminal, the uh, first criminal trial trial that was used for fingerprinting as evidence was in 1910, and that's from the Smith Smithsonian Magazine online. So, so you got like four years of of I guess technology from did, fingerprinting. Does it say there. where that was? Uh it would have been. Uh, Clarence like State or Chicago. Yeah, it would have been Illinois and Chicago. So it it, it makes a little uh, it makes more sense. I was figuring it was probably a bigger city. Yeah, it, it makes more sense that they would have that, but then a little town out in Alaska, Iowa little, would not have yeah. it. You know what right. I mean? So yeah, yeah I was thinking I'm like 1910. Okay, so this was in what 12, 1912? I thought this when this yes. murder was. Yeah. So I mean, it would make sense that they wouldn't have that kind of stuff or cared to get it very or or very like, basic knowledge of it like right. very very like not not really how to it. do it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah they know it's there they know fingers leave prints but like how do we keep yeah. a database of this yeah exactly um all right so that was mansfield we, we can talk a little bit here on the reverend uh there's there's not much on the reverend but the other prime suspect in the axe murders was reverend george kelly a traveling preacher kelly uh and his wife settled in macedonia iowa in 1912 after several years of preaching throughout the Midwest. In 1917, Kelly was arrested and charged with the murders of one of the victims of the Velisca Axe murders. So he was arrested and charged with the murders, the murder of one of the victims. The, what, I feel what? like it was, I feel like it was the one with the child that was possibly. Yeah. So it'll say here, I'm just, great. I'm just saying this weird. How do you do that? How do you have a house filled with. If I had to guess. If I had to guess, and obviously this is Monday quarterbacking here, I would guess they have a a creepy church reverend that they suspect to be a pedophile. They can at least get one of them. They suspect him to be a pedophile. One of the children, uh, he just rolled into town. One of the children had some, you know, sexual, uh, I guess – Things that happened to her it was placed in place in a possible yeah. sexual yeah. Found manner. Possible, yeah. Yeah, I, I could see why they would jump the gun on that one and right. then pull him in, probably interrogate. At him. At least get then, him for one of them, you know. At least yeah, get somebody yeah. for one of them. But that doesn't. That still doesn't seem right to do. He got acquitted. Yeah, um, and, but yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was gonna say, like uh, a jury of your peers, it's gonna be local people. Like in when you go into peer jury, you're supposed to not have any kind of bias right. or any kind of knowledge. You're not supposed to know stuff. anything about it. Yeah, there's no, there's no fucking way that anyone in the middle of Iowa, small town America, Midwest, that anything, hearing, that <laughs> wouldn't be hearing about yeah. these axe murders. Right. There's no way, and they still didn't acquit him. Yeah, or I indict him. I guess indict they acquitted him. him. They didn't indict him. Um. Yeah. So he was arrested for one of the murders. Kelly was invited to attend the Children's Day exercises at the Presbyterian Church they were at on June 9th of 1912. His presence in Villisca on the night of the murders and his subsequent departure in the early morning of June 10th made him a prime suspect, of course. Kelly's supposed confession made a mockery of law enforcement practices at the time and was withdrawn before his trial even began. Kelly's first trial resulted in a hung jury 
and he was finally acquitted by the second, according to information present by Kelly and Tammy Rundle. Kelly moved to Kansas City, Connecticut, and finally New York City, uh, the remaining years of his life and final resting place uh, remain a mystery for this man. So that's him. Uh, and then there's Henry Lee Moore, which there is a lot more because Henry Lee Moore was actually convicted of a lot of different axe murders. 25 axe murders laid at the door of a misery convict convict. So he killed like 30 people, 25 found possibly. And 30. he was the hitman, the possible hitman. Is no, that, that was, was no, the possible hitman was William Mansfield. This okay, guy. So uh, this Hold was. On, the, did William Mansfield also? He also axed people, right? I just want to make sure, right? He axed his yeah. wife and his child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. I just want to make. This is a lot of axe killing. Well, here. that's because it was I all done by an axe. It was, they were looking into axe murderers, you know. Yeah. Because it was I, a murder. That's a lot. Yeah, that's, like, that's a lot. A, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. So there's what a lot the here. Fuck we fuck America. <laughs> we could read through this real Jeez. quick. Um. Yeah. Right. Well, I, that's not even just America. I mean, Jack the Ripper wasn't America. So it's. It, there's a lot of weird people out there. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I didn't mute my mic. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, there existed a strong possibility that a serial killer was actually at work and Wilkerson's case against Mansfield actually suggested the same. So M.W. Um, McClory, a fe- spelled M-C-C-L-A-U-G-H-R-Y, so McClory, a federal officer assigned to the Velisca case, actually announced in May of 1913 that he had solved not only the Velisca murders, but 22 others that had been committed in the Midwest around the same time frame. Uh, Henry Moore was actually convicted of the murders of his mother and maternal grandmother in Columbia, Missouri, just months after the Velisca murders. Moore's family members were killed just as brutally as the victims of the Velisca house, and his weapon of choice was, of course, an axe. Henry Lee Moore was born November 1st, 1874 in Boone County, Missouri. He was the eldest son of Enoch, Enoch, E-N-O-C-H, and Georgia Ann Wilson Moore. There were three other sons born of the couple. Henry's father was a former and served, was a farmer and served in the Civil War. His mother was a nurse. Two of Henry's brothers, Tilden and Turner Moore, uh, as well as the father passed away before 1910. Henry's remaining brother, Charles, died in 1960 in Stockton, California. So, I mean, there's we can we can read this, but this is I think this is just going to go into the murders that he committed. Yeah, the other murders. So it sounds like they just they found a dude that killed a bunch of other people with axes, and then there was an axe murder. So like, oh, he probably did. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, anything, any like actual evidence? So this is like during the Velisca. So this is still about Henry Moore during the Velisca. Velisca investigations, other axe murderers also came to light just uh, nine months before the crime in Velisca. H.C. Wayne, uh, his wife and child, and Miss A.J. Burnham and her two children were bludgeoned with an axe in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, a month later, in October of 1911, a year before the Velisca axe murders, a family was killed in Manmouth, Illinois. So that's that's close to us. Manmouth or, to or guys, yeah. Monmouth? Monmouth. So Manmouth. Mon- Manmouth. It should be Monmouth. It's Monmouth. I mean, you didn't even pronounce that when you corrected me. You didn't even say Monmouth. <laughs> but, uh, 
Mon, 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 whatever, fucking whatever, Illinois, and just a week later, five <laughs> members of a family in Elms, Ellsworth, Kansas, were murdered as they slept. Just a week before the killing of the Moors and the Stillinger children in Villisca, a man and his wife were killed in Paula, Kansas. The similarities of the crimes were striking. McLaughry, I like pronouncing those, those types of names with the A-U-G-H-R-Y, uh, received information about Moore's conviction from his father, who was the warden of the Leavenworth, Kansas Federal Penitentiary. It was his belief that Mr. Henry Moore had committed all of the murders. For whatever reason, McLaughry announced announcement went largely ignored and to our knowledge henry moore was not convicted of any other crimes so it might it could have been him i mean it could have been but that just i don't know yeah that just sounds like throwing you know shot digging throwing whatever at the wall and see what sticks right right so i don't know yeah um, there's more we can go on, but it's it's up yeah. to you uh, what you guys want to do. You have a lot to go over with your. Uh... I do. I have probably about 25 minutes worth. Okay. Of interviews, so I got three different uh, people from three different paranormal groups that investigated the the house. So. Okay. Um, let me do a quick little history of the actual building of the house. What happened to it? Uh, before and after, just kind of like when it was built. Normally we do this first, but normally we do an investigation. So we talk about where we're in. Uh, but so the Velissa Axe House was built in the uh, six in 1868 by George Loomis. The house was purchased by the Moore family in 1903. They lived there for about nine years up until the day they were murdered. Three years after the murders, the property was sold to J.H. Giesman. Giesman. Over the past 90 years, the property had Jeez, numerous man. owners... Yeah, it's G-E-E-S-M-A-N. Jeez, man. Uh, Over the past 90 years, the property had numerous owners up until 1994 when Rick and Vicky Sprague Sprague, bought the property. However, after only a few months, the Sprague, it is Sprague, uh, family (laughs) sold the property to Darwin and Martha Lynn. At some point between 1936 and 1994, the house underwent a large refurbishment. The front uh, and back porches were both closed in. The plumbing and electricities, uh, the electrics were added, and outbuildings were removed and replaced. The toilets. Using old photographs, the lens began to reverse the refurbishment. So it was refurbished, and then the lens were like, yo, this is stupid. This needs to go back to what it was. They removed the plumbing and the electrics, as well as the front and back enclosures and a number of other jobs. Using testimonies given during the coroner's inquest, the Lynns also placed furniture in the same places it occupied at the time of the murders, restoring the property as close to its original state as possible. And today, you can go there and pay to stay there over the night and do your investigations. Unless you're a podcast. Or unless, um, you're yeah, a podcast. Unless, unless you're a podcast and they just yeah. tell you to pound sand. Unless, yeah, tell you to pound yeah, sand. But anyway, right. they're, they're so, for business people. They can decide who they want there. Right. right. So. We're, we're, uh, but we're that, that kind of wraps up. We're a that little salty. Yeah, oh, we are. We're a little salty, but you know, four hundred dollars says otherwise. But, <laughs> but yeah, we we're four hundred dollars uh, richer. But yeah, so that that wraps up the the, the story for the most part for uh, just the background of it and the building. So we'll move over into Anthony's part of neck of the woods now. Anthony, go ahead and get started. Tell us about your uh, your interviews and what you found out. So normally we interview people that were part of the the house that you know were in the house. Uh, We've, you know, restaurants, we've done bartenders and stuff like that. This one, we just did paranormal groups that investigated the place because uh, we couldn't investigate it. 
So we have to go off of what, <laughs> what they discovered. I know. So, sucks. It but sucks, you know what? We do with what we have, you know? It, it was cool talking with other groups and seeing how they investigate and what they did and stuff like that and kind of networked a little bit. So. Yeah, I was actually going to ask about that. So, so did they kind of like – did you tell them to listen to the podcast? Could you give them a little, yeah, give them a little plug? See what I they think about our investigations? It, I mean, I'm going to send them a link uh, of our episode, and I told them about our podcast and where to find us. And if they want to, uh, you know, maybe work together with one of our future episodes of the podcast somewhere. I mean, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. People, you know, we'll see. (laughs) Our people, our people are right here. We don't have people. We are the people. (laughs) And listening, if you are people of somebody and you would like to collaborate or network, (laughs) thehauntingtable at gmail.com. Send, right, us an, so, send us an email. But anyway, back back to you, Anthony. <laughs> so the first one was uh, Ron Burleson. He was part of First in Fright Paranormal, and they were based out of Hickory, North Carolina. So I asked him uh, what he thought of the Viscilla – is it Villisca? Villisca. I Villisca. Keep, I, I wrote it down wrong, and that's why I keep fucking you keep myself. Saying, like, you keep saying Viscilla, but you're going you're gonna to bash me for Mammoth. So yeah, yeah, you could you could you could I'm an idiot. you could fuck so, right off. <laughs> I, I I wrote it down wrong, and you know how like your in your memory when you write something yeah, down, yeah. it just kind of imprints it in. Uh, the uh, asked him like what he idiot. thought from like the first time he saw the building to through the investigation and any kind of opinions that he had on it. And this is what he said. Uh, so before we start this, I just want to warn you guys: the it might be hard to hear. Uh, so because I'm not with them, I don't have my soundboard up. I don't have my audio mixer and that we can plug everything in that you, uh, if you watch the YouTube video, you know what I mean? But I do have a mixer here, but this is only going to work for me. So what he's going to do with these sound bites and the interviews, he's literally playing it behind the mic so that it will muffle it enough to not be too sharp, but loud enough to where you can hear it. So bear with us. <laughs> bear with here us. Q, Q, Q. <laughs> from North Carolina to uh, Villisca, Iowa. Uh, get to the house and we're greeted by uh, a guy that gave us a tour of the home and then the secondary building. Uh, now, we may have ruined it for ourselves. I'm going to put that out there first. Uh, and what I mean by that is once we took the tour, we actually slept in the house that afternoon so that we could investigate that night. So we had just been on the road for nine to 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a massive van, and, and then we decided to uh, take a nap pretty much in the home, all of us, and then got up and went, went and had dinner and came back and began our investigation, which you can see on Facebook Live and actually on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the tour, when we took the tour, um, you know, all, all six of us are alike. We, we pretty much think we all have different thoughts on, on uh, the paranormal. Uh, but when it comes to taking tours of places and listening and watching the poise of the person giving the tour, it sometimes it can set off alarms. Sometimes it can make us think, you know, is this real? Is this not real? You know, all the all the things we we dove into about the property prior to getting there. Of course, we learned things once we got there, but there were just some things about the tour that seemed off to us. And I think that's where, uh, of course, we're an extreme. We're extremely skeptical of the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's how we walk into every investigation of anywhere we've been in the country. Uh, and this was no different. Although the hype was there, um, and all the stories we've read about it, but it, I think it hit us all. I think it struck all of us wrong when we were on the tour. We walked upstairs. Now, mind you, this is a very, very tiny house. 
if you've never been. It's an extremely tiny house, a very small stairwell. And we all went up the stairwell and got to the top, and that's where the bedroom is where uh, the parents were asleep and were accidents. And just the way the gentleman said it, he's like, now if you look up here on the wall, and when you look up on the wall, there's a hole in the wall. And he said, well, you know, this is where the axe was pulled back to hit the couple, to strike them in the head with the axe, and this is the hole it left in the wall. So I'm going to stop it there. Um, yeah, you said it was refurbished, what? right? You think that hole in the wall would have been fixed, right? Right, right, right. And actually, listening to that makes a lot of sense. I don't – so like we said, we try to be respectful. Uh, but the way everything sounds, all these stories and everything, the, the way the, – the history of the house, which is I'm, – I'm glad I went through the history of the house so we, we could hear that it was refurbished. And, and I mean, there was a, electrics put in, which means walls were taken down and wires were put throughout, right? That's usually what right. that means. It was yeah, wired. Absolutely. Yeah. But so why would there be holes there? First of all, why would there be stains from what happened before? Uh, and then that's true. What he was saying, I was thinking about that. Maybe she, the the person we tried to talk to, that was so m- upset with the fact that we wanted to do a podcast because she's tired of podcasts talking about how it sounds fake. Yeah, it could be. Maybe she's got I a mean, business to run. Yeah, so, like I'm not gonna like knock her hustle. You know what I mean? I, I'm, right. I'm not. Unless, unless, unless her hustle is making up stories about six children being murdered to death and one of them being molested. So I, I so here's the deal, and he'll kind of get into it too. I do think it happened. I yeah. do think I do think that her deaths happened and that there oh, were yeah. murders. I mean, obviously, I that, do yeah. believe that a lot of it was over exaggerated, just because you know, like you played a telephone game when 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 you were a kid, you you had a line of ten people and you had to say small and whisper, and that by the time you start to the end, it's completely different. Yeah, and I do think in small town America, being part of small town America, honestly, uh, huh. rumors run rampant and people yeah, say do. shit, and it gets really, you know, really out of whack. And I think Sketchy, that might yeah. be why this is so off. Like I believe it happened. A lot of rumors. But, a lot of rumors yeah. and hearsay. And without a police yep. report, like me, yep. you know, I I'd like to see facts. I'd like to see evidence, Same. and That's I like to see like written statements and stuff like that from people. You know, if people that like these guys, I can usually gauge that they, they seem like they're pretty honest with me, and I'm pretty good at picking up on that. But something just seems off about this. Yeah. So he's going to keep talking about the investigation and, and what kind of he discovered and all that kind of stuff. So immediately. It's now 2020. Yeah, it seems kind of touristy. It felt very touristy. Now, mind you, I'm not saying anything negative about the Willis Guys Murder House of Property. What they have going on there is a very small town, and I assure you, this is where their revenue is happening. There's no way around that. But we, we like to stay in touch with reality, and it just seemed touristy, like you said. So we kept that in mind. Uh, as the night went on, or as we went out to eat, come back, we got everything set up, all of our equipment. Uh, we have no mediums in the team. Uh, we don't base anything off feelings. We don't base anything off what we think or what we hope will happen. Everything we base our evidence on is based on our electronic devices solely. Uh, so that way there's no misinterpretation. There's no there's no false claims or you can't make anything up. If it's on the recorder, if it's on video, it's proof. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that's how we proceeded with this, like any other investigation we've done. And in all honesty, we, we failed to capture anything in that house. Now, the majority of the time, almost all the time, I would say all the time, we are, we are extremely cordial to spirits. Um, we all, we, you know, we, we reach out trying to help, uh, but, but at times, as an investigator, as most investigators know, sometimes you do need to push in order to get results. Mm-hmm. And in the Valeska-X murder house, we had uh, two team members, uh, Jeremy Humbert and Andy Burleson, who went in alone, uh, together alone, not the whole entire team. The whole entire team never investigated together. We kept it split up and did different segments. But um, they went in together and set upstairs, one in the parents' room and one in one of the kids' room across or down the hallway upstairs. And they, they began, I wouldn't necessarily say provoking it, but they did really push hard to make something happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were, we, we tried almost every tactic we could think of to get something to happen well, with, with, uh, with no results. Um, now, so I'm going to pause it there. We'll just talk a little bit about that. And then yeah. there's, a, there's some more that he kind of gets into. They sound like they investigate just like we do. I was yeah, about, I was about to say the exact uh, so, thing. It sounds like yeah. That. So I mean, I'm a little bit more feely. Like I, you know, I would say out of the three of us, I'm probably more of the like, uh, you know, I I use my body as part of an instrument. You know what I mean? Like usually I can use my hair. Yeah, I use my body. <laughs> uh, but no, as an like instrument. you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I I'm also the same way when it comes to like actual evidence. You know what I mean? Like every time that we say, hey, I felt something, we always go, yeah, but I know, you you know, it could be nothing. Just take it for what it is. You know what I mean, we're never like, oh, that's 100% proof because I felt was something was in the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's something that we do. And it, it, it kind of aligns with them. Like you said, we we want hard facts. We want recorders. We want videos. Right. We want pictures. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's how so, we are. We, we, we don't like – we don't like the sensationalism. That's why you'll listen to some of our episodes and we will tell you we got nothing. And yeah. yeah and then not only that, that we, yep. we'll, we'll argue with each other too. Where yeah. like like the last episode, I, me and Anthony were didn't think we heard the same thing. So it, we, we challenge each other's findings. We don't just go, oh, cool, dude. Sounds cool, dude. No, we go, yeah. I, don't, I don't hear the same thing. So we, we challenge yeah. each other and that's, I think, the way you should do going to investigations. I agree. And well, hang on, Tyler. I was thing, say something. Oh, sorry, Tyler. Uh, I was actually going to bring that. To tell you the truth, I was actually going to bring that up. That you guys, the uh, last episode, the one audio clip that you guys didn't hear the same thing. That there was some back and forth about that for a good few minutes. Yeah. So yeah, it it's different for everyone. Some people hear some one one thing. Some people hear different stuff. But yeah, I we've had some good ones that are definite. Like we're like, yeah, okay, uh huh, that was definitely something. Right. <laughs> We've had some that we just don't hear the same thing. Yeah, like, honestly, yeah, that was wild. <laughs> that was so, fucking that, wild. Uh, was that that was the country house. If you haven't watched that episode, go watch that because there was a dope ass EVP in that episode. Oh yeah, I, I two actually, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. two. I mean, the whole episode is yeah. awesome. It, yeah, yeah, great, great episode, great place, yep. uh, great burgers, uh, great. Oh, fantastic bison burgers. Yeah, so that good. was oh yeah. my god. Um, but back into we digress. Yes, yes, <laughs> moving yes, yes, on, yes, yes. moving back on. Into, back into the recorder. Here we go. So what is this? Are we playing? Oh, uh, we're just—he's continually talking. So he 
did uh, I asked him to to just give me from start to finish because that's usually what you do uh, as, as like an, uh, when you're talking to people, interviewing people. You you don't jam questions. You don't down lead. Because, you don't lead. Yeah, you you ask them. Hey, can you explain what happened from the beginning until the end? Right. And then if you need some clarifying questions, you can ask at the end. And if it's yeah, something that you talk. really don't know, then maybe you stop for a second. You make them clarify and let them jump right, right back. You don't want to lead the witness. Yes. So, and that's kind of what I do with him. And he did an amazing job. He just went from start to finish in what he believed in his own opinions. And I didn't make him say any of this. This is all him. Just uh, what he personally believed. Say it, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) False confessions. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So, all right. We're going to jump right back into him talking about the investigation, what his opinions are on the house. Okay. That aside, doesn't mean we, we, just, we just mark it up, chalk it up, say, oh, this place isn't haunted. Yeah. Uh, every, everyone knows the paranormal uh, does what it wants to do when it wants to do it, daytime or nighttime. Um, so in the small, you know, 14, 16 hours we were on property, it's a very small time frame to capture evidence of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we keep that in mind. Um, but, but several of the things that we read that also spiked interest um, – around this property was the fact I know that there was someone overseas that was willing, I wouldn't say to dispute the murders, but where the gravestones are there in Villisca, we never went visited the gravestones of the entire family, the children and the parents is in a cemetery there. Mm-hmm. And we never went and visited it. And also I believe the original axe is also shown in town somewhere. But, um, Anthony will show a picture of that. We also understood that someone overseas was wanting to come over and exhume the bodies and examine them due to the attention this place got uh, for for those murders in 1912. I guess you could say to prove that it actually happened. Yeah. Um, and they were they were denied uh, access to do that. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So we had an. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I should have waited, but yeah, you'll post a picture of the axe. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Um, so they went overseas. People were like, hey, we can exhume the body. We can, you know, since there's no real police report that we can find right now, we can let you know exactly how they died, how old they were, what happened and stuff like that. And they just said no. So, I mean, I get it. They maybe thought it was disrespectful, but I mean, h- how respectful can you be when you have the axe that murdered that many people? On as display. Like, on yeah. So yeah, while you're yeah, talking, I, the, 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 I saw that too. That's yeah. Weird. While you're talking, oh shoot, I have some uh, blocking your face. I just screwed that up. Oops. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's what happens when we're on Discord. Um, yeah. If you look at the picture uh, above me right now, there's like they have it displayed next to a gavel with some keys, and and there's like, like you can see the top, and shit yeah, there. jewelry. You can yeah. see the top left. There's like the sheriff's badge, and then like pictures of headlines and photos. It's just weird. It's weird. Yeah. It just, it, dude. Like, I don't get it. Like, it's a draw. It's a draw. Yeah. It's a. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a, it's a tourist it's, draw. Yeah. 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 And like these people were murdered. With it, and, yeah. and six, I don't know, four little girls murdered with the X that is on display right now. So, like, I would get like it, like using the haunted location as like a tour straw. Like, yeah. oh, it's super haunted. Like, yeah, okay, but like they, it's almost like, hey, come check out where these guys got axed. Yeah, it right. Seems come check out the X that killed six children. Yeah, ah, uh, it just doesn't sit right, dude. It, I don't, I don't, like, it. Like, I don't it. like it. I don't like it. It does. No. It does not. I. No fully agree on that and that just isn't that's that's yeah. a little fucked up 
All right, so we're just going to keep continuing because he keeps dropping some hot facts and some interesting stuff. Hot like facts. That. Drop them hot facts. That <laughs> it has a touristy feel. It just seems weird. Like, it's just like, why Why would you almost celebrate a, an entire family that allegedly whatever happened, I'm not going to say, you know what I mean, this or that, uh, an entire family getting completely massacred in their home. Mutilated, yeah. That's yeah, and, then, and, then and then you come up to the stories. There's other stories out there. It's so crazy. It's so bizarre that I believe it was the brother of the husband um, had showed up on property the day of the murders. And uh, he showed up and was in the house. He looked out the window. Uh, he, he saw a guy with a video camera recording or like taking photos or record. I don't think they could have recorded them, but he was taking photos of the property and came inside. There were people wandering in and out, tainting the, the scene. Over 100 people flowed through this home before they ever just marked it off as a crime scene in 1912. And so he was. He had a camera, was taking photos. Well, the brother saw him, ran outside, ran him down, took the camera, ripped it out of his hands, stomped it out pretty much and crushed the camera. Once again, there goes evidence yeah. of proof. This isn't like the Lizzie Borden house where you have pictures and photographs of the dead body on the sofa to prove that happened in that home. Yeah. This is this is speculation. Um, of course you have the news articles, of course you have all that stuff, but people have wanted to prove that this is real and and it, it's so it's so strange. We actually left one of our investigators in alone. We never investigated alone, but this time we were just right outside the door while he was inside investigating on Facebook Live. And sure, he was scared. I mean, who wouldn't be? Because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, but once again, nothing, nothing happened. So, so they're saying. So he's thinking like it never happened. So like he all, he or? so at the end he kind of disclaims his own personal opinions on what what he thought happened to us. So I'm not going to jump the gun on that one. Okay. Uh, uh, he he doesn't think it's like a hoax. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't believe it's a it's a hoax. Like it's completely made up for touristy stuff. But I mean, so he he talks about the brother the day of um, seeing people taking photos of the of the house or the location. So I get that as part, kind of paparazzi stuff. I could see why he would damage the camera and stuff like that. But I mean, dang, dude, like those are photographs that like you would be nice to like have for yeah, evidence, right? Because I'm not seeing any pictures like crime scene pictures. There's not. any kind, but like even like if, so, so even if he that one photographer lost those pictures, nobody else went back in to take pictures. He said so. He he from his research research, it sounded like people were going into the house, walking in and out of the house, walking all over the property, just gawking. Like uh, like the website said that it, it brought a lot of attention to the location before a crime scene was even established. Like when when, How? We, when normal police procedure is is you, like, you walk you walk in you you notice there's a homicide or a potential of a homicide or suicide or even natural causes yeah you 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 call your detectives out you shut down the scene make sure nobody comes in or out that way they don't tamper any of anything right. even you need to be well, careful not to step on anything or right. ruin anything on the crime scene what and i want to know is how did people know about it then if there was no crime scene called how did people know it was going on because it like the wasn't, day a after, scene, like a, wasn't a crime yeah. scene. Police were there right away, weren't they? Like they were called by the by uh, the the neighbor. They called. Yeah, How did, I don't know. 
don't know. They maybe the he was, maybe he misspoke. Maybe he misspoke or something. Maybe his his date was maybe one day off or something like that. But still, like, what? Well, are, no, no. What even are they if his, even if his dates were right, how did people show up before a crime scene? How was I mean, there word not a talks crime fast. Scene? Word word travels fast. That fast. In a small town, especially or, something like that, or that, or that the police didn't even get even like even that the police had like hadn't gotten there in any kind of like timely manner. You know what I mean? And, and this like, is granted and, and long gonna, enough to have other people go in there and get there. It was just almost like they just didn't care. Maybe. Like, and, and I'm going to I'm going to say that this is all speculation. We're not right, saying this right. is 100 what happened. Yeah. But yeah. but from his research, which I I mean, he seems pretty. You know pretty stand-up guy like he, he's did his time he's watched a lot of stuff that have spent 30 years researching this place he said that he watched he, he researched a lot of people that spent almost their entire lives into this specific unsolved cold case and what are the police doing yeah i mean different times but it's I mean, it's police frustrating have been, for police me. have been around for a long time uh investigating it, crime scenes have been along around for a long time way before it, the Velisca axe murders they know what they're supposed to do it's just i don't know it just it, it's with children it just yeah. hurts my heart like it, it really does so it's weird it's weird um i'm gonna jump to the next cue sure. uh i took my can headphones off because i got tired of those things make my ears sweat. No, it's all good, man. uh ron talks about Ron talks about some fishy facts with like the story with the attic which you said about the cigarettes and stuff like yeah. that and why he's like I, I, he doesn't. I don't. He doesn't believe it like that with the waiting in the attic and stuff like that. It makes it makes so, no sense, especially older yeah. houses like that. They don't have the same like solid structure. Yeah, yeah. That, and he brings yeah. up some of the yeah. same things that you bring up, and I'm just I'm just gonna go ahead and QQ right into it. QQ. This guy couldn't move for several hours holding an axe, and from what we understand, I've even read a story where he was even smoking, where they found cigarette butts for him waiting from him waiting on them to get home and you don't smell the cigarette smoke when you come in you don't hear anything this house creaks like crazy this guy managed to move throughout the house and he killed that many people and no one wakes up yeah i uh i mean did were you able to find any like police reports or just newspaper articles uh, I don't, I don't think we ever dug into the police reports, although the newspaper articles did, of course, have, uh, comments from, uh, I believe it was the, I believe it was the sheriff at the time. It was one of the, it was, it was either the sheriff, it was someone prominent in the town at that time that had originally gone inside and discovered the bodies. And... Uh, of course, I've watched multiple things online about it, of the story being told, and people that have researched it, like, have done this for 20, 30 years and have dedicated their life to figuring out what happened and why. What's Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What's, yeah, the, be- what's the best, uh, I guess, video or, you know, documentation from some? Oh, so, I immediately, sorry about I immediately, this. I immediately jumped to the <laughs> – I'm so used to immediately jumping to the mixer when you pause to turn our mics back up. And I yeah. remember I don't have to do that today. So he uh, – he's – how were somebody walking through the house murdering right. these people? And nobody – even the – I'm sorry. When you chop wood or you hit a sledgehammer on something. That shit's loud. It makes – if you go back to the the tour where he said it hit the top of the wall, 
and then killed them, that's going to make noise. And and the, the reports even say that only one of the children woke up. So it's saying that the two adults were killed first. They went to the four more children, killed them, then went back to the parents, then went downstairs. All this commotion didn't wake up the two downstairs? Yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't sound, know. But no, dude. that was a very good point there, too, is the cigarette smoke? How do you not smell the that? smoke, yeah. I, I didn't even think about that, to be honest yeah. with you, but How yeah, that not, is 100% true. How do you not smell that shit? Even how do you even like even like now like right. you would still smell that for the most right. part you know what <laughs> and I mean? you would be like, like why does it smell like cigarette smoke in my house what the yeah hell? and they're, they, I mean granted people smoke but dude like what the f- I don't know man it's I don't know I mean people I smoke even... but they don't so why would yeah. they yeah. smell like it yeah there's too yeah. many weird things in this yeah. so far the fact that I've that... noticed like nothing makes sense at this point to yeah me. so um he he gave a he gave a great interview um. I'm I'm gonna just paraphrase some of it a little bit real quick, and then I'm gonna let him plug himself and his team, uh, just for the our listeners because, like I said, they helped us out. We try to help other people. I'll give him a quick uh, quick plug for social media and stuff like that. But he believes that the murders actually happened, but the stories don't uh, they don't add up, and right. they they possibly got hyped up due to the town and the brutal na- sorry uh, due to the brutal nature, and yeah. I I do think. Um, that I, I think the town got a lot of publicity from it and a lot right. of tourism from it right off the bat. And I think they just kind of ran with it. Yeah. Like, makes sounds like and it. I don't know. I just, that doesn't that's, sit right. And I keep is, saying that, but it's just like, if, if that's, if that's the case, speculation, obviously mm-hmm. that's disgusting. I don't care. Yeah. I'll come out right out and say it. Right. Fuck that town. If that's what they're trying to do is, like parade around these eight people who got murdered and for money. horribly for, yeah for money like, monetary yeah. gain yeah 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 fuck you if so, that's what you're doing i i agree but speculation we'll, speculation we'll say speculation speculation. Yep. speculation. Um, so just he, three uh, three non-professionals giving opinions it's all <laughs> professionally giving opinions yep. <laughs> so we also wanted this the shout out jt's it's a small restaurant in downtown. He said it's the best burger in America. That was like one of the one. Of the, I was like shouting that out. I don't know. He just what? did it. I was like, hey, I'll give a shout out, dude. Best burgers, bro. I might go there just Down- for the burger. Wait, well, downtown am, where? The haunting table does not endorse them because we haven't tried it yet. So <laughs> we'll try it first. But downtown where? But here's the here's the uh down in the uh Velisca. Oh okay. So it's a small town. He said, but the bur- though he's like the one thing he's like because the the ex murder place really. Um, uh, it didn't do it from. They didn't get anything. They didn't feel the. Yeah, nothing really happened. But it's like, but the one thing that was a plus was they made some goddamn burgers there, and they were delicious. So, nice. Nice. uh, and here's his plug real quick, and then all we'll right, go on to the next. All right, all right. Uh, you, you guys can find First and Fright Paranormal uh, on Facebook. Uh, we have several Facebook Live investigations uh, over the past three years of places we've been and gone and done investigations of. Um, on You can find us on YouTube. Uh, on YouTube, we have several teasers, trailers, investigations, places we've been, things we've done. Uh, and also, you can find us on Instagram uh, under First and Fright Paranormal with photos of keeping up with us. And if you look into our stuff, you're in. They also have a Patreon, so I'm just gonna he, he I'm just gonna cut him short. He they also have a Patreon, and for everyone, it's First in Fright Paranormal. Okay, cool. So based out of North yeah. Carolina, 
I'm, Thanks, I'm always, Ron. I appreciate I'm, it. I'm always down. If they're willing to help out us to yep. make an episode, we're willing to help out them to get okay. more eyes. Go, go check them out. Go check them out. Spread the love. Sounds like sound. They sound like they they investigate the same way we do. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. I and he was super cool. He was super cool. So right. Um, Chris Sumner, uh, she is part of Soul Sisters, Paranormal, and uh, it is in Florida. So she kind of explains her group, which was kind of a unique thing about her group, which I, I thought was interesting and QQQ. Absolutely. So the name of my group is Soul Sisters Paranormal, and it's made up of myself, my twin sister, our younger sister, and two female family friends. So we're an all-female group. And what also makes us unique is that we all have advanced degrees. So I've got a PhD. My twin has a PhD. We've got two JDs on the team and a master's holder as well. So what we do is we really come at an investigation from a very research-based and academia uh, research-based, if you will. So we do a lot of historical research before we actually conduct paranormal investigation so uh okay. they are a woman a woman's only paranormal group which i mean you don't really see too much of no and, no more power to and them. i think it's a very interesting thing because um you know like sometimes girls and men get different responses in different locations so uh i actually asked her uh can you explain your expressions of the house kind of like ron did and she did a really good job of starting from the beginning and kind of getting into exactly uh sure what she got into. Absolutely. So what we did is we actually, uh, we were from all of the country, so we met up there in Omaha and drove over to the Velisca Axe Murder House. And the first thing that we actually did was we went to the cemetery because we wanted to see where those the families were, uh, the Moore family as well as the Stillinger girls were buried. Um, we kind of wanted to pay our respects there first to let them know that we would be investigating the murder house that night, um, as their former home that night. Um, and then we kind of took a tour of the city, which is on the smaller side compared to where we're from. Um, but it is, uh, it, it's very much a, a, an agricultural town. So a lot of, uh, footprints of the agricultural, uh, era, if you will, um, a lot of farming in, involved. Um, so we, we did that first. And then the first impressions upon driving up to the Velisca Axe Murder House is its location to, uh, in proximity to railroad uh, tracks. Um, and, and then also its proximity to other residential houses, which obviously were not there at the time, but are there now, which, you know, it's in some cases could influence the investigation, right? Because you've got noise pollution, uh, light pollution that could come in. Um, so we're very cognizant of the fact that those things could hamper the investigation. Uh, so we really wanted to go in. We took a day tour to really look at the, the, the windows where you know, street lights could come in um, and look at where the noise pollution could come in and, and, and make sure that that didn't influence the investigation at all. So there were five females that uh, participated in this investigation and um, it, it really was a great investigation for us from the standpoint that we were able to go in. We deployed a night vision video cameras that were stationary in the house, as well as voice recorders that were stationary in the house. And um, we were capturing uh, disembodied voices, uh, both what we feel are intelligent disembodied voices, as well as uh, uh, what we also consider residual. And then we were also getting some interesting K2 sessions with uh, what we believe was the spirit of Sarah Moore. So she's talked about uh, getting some disembodied voices on their recorders. Uh, the thing I liked about their group is um, they seem very analytical and very yeah, precise. With way. Their, the way she was talking they, seemed very, very precise. 
Yeah, like they they check for noise pollution, which we do. They check for light pollution. They they account for it. They come in. They do specific. They set up things exactly. I mean, Ron did too, but they just they they uh they they she just articulated some things that maybe you guys uh, the listeners didn't know that there are things you need to account for. Like right. when you hear sometimes the cars in the background of our recorders and stuff like that. That's that's noise pollution. And, right. you know, without people that are trained to hear specific things or aren't aware that a car is driving by, it sounds like something going. Right, right, right. Mean, Which we mentioned in like, oh, one of our episodes. We do yeah, mention that in one of our episodes. We actually, we actually last last episode of Malvern yep. when we were having some of the recording and stuff. Was that a car? That was a car. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. And like yeah. even at the time after a car goes by, we'll say the same thing. That was the car driving past, by the way. Yeah, and those are things you just gotta have, you have to be aware of, or for people to take your investigations seriously. Right. So um, I asked her. She and she said they do a ton of research. Like I, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, I don't have it queued up, but I maybe like a month before they research the place before they go yeah. into the investigation. This well, and, she said they have PhDs and masters, right? Yeah. So, so they probably know people. They probably know people that can get them access to databases and stuff. They can research that we can't. Because there's we're a lot not professionals. <laughs> we're not professionals, and we, we we don't know people in these fields, and we don't have the money to pay for a specific. Because there are things that you can pay for, but it costs a lot of money. It's like some of these newspaper articles that would be nice to read. In order to read them for some of these towns, you got to pay like a hundred dollars to, to even get access there. to the public yeah. library. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like they do a great job with research too. Sounds like it. And uh, I asked her, did you find any police reports from the murders after like? Literally a month of, and this is what she said. And, and I'm sorry for interrupting. Not so much police reports. Um, we did find a lot of uh, newspaper reports uh, that, that that detailed everything that was happening. And the the unfortunate thing was, after the murders, a lot of people treated it as essentially a gawk fest. Um, so neighbors were going into the crime scene. They were taking pieces of the skulls, uh, pieces of Josiah Moore's skull were taken. Uh, footprints were left everywhere. Of course, fingerprints were left everywhere. Uh, they really tore up the murder scene um, and before the cops could even really do a full-scale investigation. Yo, fuck those people. So I think that really hampered, yeah, no shit. Uh, finding any type of evidence uh, that night or that the next day. Um, and so basically all that we found uh, was based on those newspaper articles. That made so, my hair hey, stand up for a second. What like, the fuck? Yeah, dude, people skull, are Yo, up. if you took, if any, any of you out there, if you took a piece of yeah. that skull, literally go fuck yourself. That is disgusting. You can fuck right off. You could fuck literally, right off. Like, what is right wrong off. with you? I don't, yeah. I, there's nothing to be sensitive about that. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. 100%. That's disgusting. So you got people stealing stuff, skull pieces. Skull pieces. The your fuck. Fingerprints everywhere, footprints everywhere, ruining the crime scene. Once again, what are the police doing? Right, bro. What are yeah. you doing? Your are job. They, keep these people out. F- but f- th- th- what's got to go through your mind to be able to take your hand, reach into a dead man's head, and pull pieces of a skull out? That is disgusting. Yeah. The yep. same fucked up shit that goes inside of someone's mind. He's like, let me go murder these eight people. You're yeah. all fucked up. She's yeah. Gross. So, and Jesus. so she did all that research. And it sounds like she found yeah. a lot of stuff. And no she police still report. couldn't find a police <laughs> no, report. No police what, report. What is happening? That's so, weird. That's weird. Yeah. Um, I asked her, uh, sounds what, like a cover. If up. she, 
I asked her if uh, bum, she bum, had bum. any <laughs> explanations for like the difference in stories in the news articles and like kind of like what the difference were differences were. And uh, this is what she had to say for that. Oh, absolutely. So they, there was a lot of speculation, again, because, you know, there was no clear-cut suspects. Uh, the, 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 the killer left the house um, immediately after the killings and or, or after, you know, doing what he did, the realist, uh, the, I'm sorry, the ritualistic things like covering the mirrors and covering the faces. So after all that, he left and didn't really leave any evidence. So what we found was there was a lot of speculation in those newspaper newspaper articles. Um, some considered uh, the murderer to be a transient who would just murder these people. Because again, if you go back into 1912, this wasn't the only axe murder that happened in the U.S. in 1912. They were pretty much running rampant all over the country. There were some down in Louisiana, some in Texas. So a lot of people speculated that this guy was the same murderer in all of those locations and he was essentially just riding the rails, stopping at these towns, committing these heinous acts and moving on. So there was some speculation that the, the murder was a transient. Um, there was some speculation that it was actually uh, the, the former boss of Josiah Moore because Josiah started his his own business, which was uh, basically uh, farming equipment. Um, so he started his own business and took some of the clients of his old boss with him when he started that new business. Um, so uh, a lot of people speculated that it could have been his old boss. Uh, there was some uh, speculation that it was a traveling preacher who committed these murders. But there was just no evidence. There were several people arrested, but they were never, uh, they were all found innocent because there was no evidence to, to support any of those theories. So, yeah, just it sounds like it's just uh, more and more uh, just Bullshit. nobody knows what really happened. Right. Like, I do believe these people were murdered. You know, I do believe it was probably, you know, yeah, possibly an no, axe. No, doubt, no doubting, no doubting that. But, the but, but like the whole like who did it and why it happened and when it happened and how it happened, I think is complete bullshit. It's like I don't think like anybody like TV show or something. Yeah, like literally. So like even I, just how they like we said a little bit earlier how they're just like parading this around, you know what I mean? And yeah. just yeah. using it for their their own gain. Using it for money. Like, yeah. Yep fucking capitalism selling your soul for money is what i feel like that is but, yeah. but I, you know that's my personal opinion only though my personal opinion not of the our keep your opinion, opinion yourself <laughs> honestly at this point our personal opinion yeah <laughs> we're, we're, we're we but do yeah. this show together uh we share opinions it's just uh, no matter what in we're, the end we share yeah, opinions. We, yeah um and that that's actually asked her stuff <laughs> gross like, like pants right what what uh, sorry i was gonna make the come in each other's <laughs> pants comment but i forgot some people may not know it so we made a joke don't worry about it uh moving on moving on <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck dude <laughs> you don't remember that when you were talking about literally we were wearing each other's pants and then we never mind all right um so the evidence there <laughs> oh hell yeah anthony love you all right hey, moving yeah. on yeah. I don't remember uh, this. Okay, you got to tell this. Just I'm going to buy. Okay. So, we were talking about like our pants, like how we'd share pants happen. and we would come in each other's pants and how it was <laughs> what like What episode fucking, was this? I dude, I forgot what one it was. But how I don't know how I? it came up. Dude, we were we had to been, be tired. Cuz we were literally adult. talking about we're, wearing each other's pants, coming in each other's pants. I feel like it was switching uh, back. Life. I think it's it <laughs> yeah, and it's switching it back because I remember I made it. It's like, why are my pants starched? 
Why are they freaking so stiff? Jesus I think Christ. It's, I, think, I, think it's country, I think it's the country house, to be honest. So check the country house if you want check to talk about starched house. cum filled cum jeans. <laughs> Ghost boy cum pants. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I'm gonna, we're gonna, all right, so we're gonna add that as a, uh, a tier to a Patreon. Donate $100, you get one of our pairs of cum filled yeah. pants. <laughs> you get a Ghost Boy cum pants. You get a pair of Ghost Boy cum pants. <laughs> Oh my it's just god! Like, it's like a cart, like a very like cardboard. It's like so straight and stiff. It's like, yeah, it's like you're, it's like you're sending a big like full size movie poster to someone. It's a big yeah. flat cardboard box, bro. That is, all, we need to do that. We need to get just cardboard cutouts of pants, and those are Ghost Boy Cum pants. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm hundred percent right. in. Let's do that. That I'm sure. I'm sure that's cheap. We'll send that out. <laughs> yeah, we got Ghost you guys. Cum, Ghost Boy Cum pants coming to uh coming to our our Patreon soon. Uh, and I, this back to her actual investigation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back I to apologize the for interrupting your, your interview with uh, Cum pants, but that's hilarious. Uh, here we go. So first of all, again, what we do when we go into these locations is we'll set up night vision video cameras as well as uh, voice recorders, and we leave those stationary during the night in, in, in different rooms, in various rooms. So even if we're not in those rooms, we still have eyes and ears in the room for the duration of the investigation. So some of the things that we we're capturing were, were kind of interesting to us and very germane to the investigation. Um, so, for example, we, were, we left a stationary voice recorder and a night vision video camera up in the room where the or four of the children were killed. So this was the upstairs bedroom. And while we were downstairs uh, doing a, an EVP session, the voice recorder in the upstairs bedroom captured a child saying what we believe is, I can see the bad men, which was very interesting to us because it said men rather than man, um, which we think is uh, is kind of a telling feature that there may have been a, a two people that committed this murder. Um, so that was kind of interesting to us. Again, the fact that it was a child was extremely interesting to us because obviously there's no children in the house at this time. Um, another interesting thing was in that same room, um, one of our investigators, Michelle, was in that room uh, with Jenny and she was con- they were conducting an EVP session. And when she stood up, um, Michelle said, every time I stand up, I get this really bad headache. And Jenny said, well, maybe you just need to go out and drink some water. So they left the room and the voice recorder picked up a child saying, I didn't do that, which again is extremely uh, interesting to us because it is a child and it almost sounds like an intelligent response in response to Michelle saying that she had a headache i.e. the child saying, I didn't do that. Um, another one that, that was very interesting was the voice recorder that we left in the little attic area, which is where um, the, the, the killer is said to have, have been when the, the family came home. We left a voice recorder in that room, and uh, we you could hear us in the background coming uh, going down the stairs. And in the, uh, that voice recorder, picked up a, a male's voice saying downstairs where the uh, girls were sleeping. Again, very interesting to us because Ina and Lena Stillinger were, were sleeping downstairs and it was a man's voice and we have no men on the team. So that was very, uh, very compelling to us. So the, one of the, the cool things that we did that night is we have K2 meters, which if you don't know what that is, they're, they're meters that measure uh, or theoretically measure uh, electronic or uh, energy, electromagnetic energy. Um, 
So we had two of those. One is gray and one is black. And we were outside in the little, um, there's a, a barn that sits outside where you kind of use that as your base camp. So it's part of the of the, uh, the property, but we, you know, you use it as your base camp. So we were sitting out there just really just having some water and having some snacks. And we were all, sit, all five of us were sitting out there. And uh, these K2 meters had not gone off the entire night. And they were sitting there and they were not doing anything. Um, and then all of a the sudden, they start acting up. I mean, they start, uh, you know, uh, going from green to red. Um, and it was it was very telling to us. So we set them down and we all moved away from them. So we're standing probably about four feet from these meters. And we had them sitting on a, a, a little uh, bench there. And there's nothing around the area that can be giving off any type of electromagnetic field. Um, and so we started asking who's here with us? Is it Josiah Moore? And nothing happened. And we said, is it Sarah Moore? And both of the meters go off. Um, and then we started saying things like, can you just go to the gray meter? So the black meter would, would not go off, but the gray meter would, even though they're sitting about eight inches from each other. So theoretically, you should see both of them going off if there's anything acting upon it, but it was just the one going off. And so then we'd say, to confirm it, can you go to this meter? Um, and it did. It switched meters and it went to the, the gray rather than the black. So we, we, we did this session for probably about 15 minutes. And through a series of questions, again, we were able to determine that it was Sarah Moore, um, that the children's spirits were in the house, and also the spirit of the killer was still be in the house as well. And so that was an extremely compelling session to us, again, because there was nothing that we found that could be acting on those meters and cause them to behave the way they did. So, I mean, that, that sounds pretty crazy, but I guess we'll just yeah. take their word for it. Do they have yeah. proof of this? They, they have it on their YouTube. Um, I didn't I didn't want to look at it uh, right before the podcast. Is I didn't want to like be like, oh, you, you know, if you guys want to check it out, there's a plug. You can check it out yourself. We'll probably watch it after this podcast, but we don't like want uh, Normally outside. we wouldn't, but because we didn't do an investigation. I yeah, mean, I guess I'm just I guess used really to different. not. Yeah, I guess I was just used to like normally we keep it away. From, but since we're not even doing an investigation, I probably should I, have. It's like, but yeah. that's where if you guys, I believe her. You can tell just by the way she's very nonchalant about it that she's like, yeah. Or maybe this she's happened, just used happened. to say, telling the story. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I, you never know. But no, we have no reason well, to doubt though. Yep, no reason to doubt. Um and. She is going to give her plug real quick, and then we'll move on to the final interview. Cool, cool. Absolutely. So, again, the name of my team is Soul Sisters Paranormal, and uh, we're very active on Facebook, and our page is Soul Sisters Paranormal, and uh, we also have a YouTube channel under Soul Sisters Paranormal, but anything you could really want to know about us is on our website at www.soulsistersparanormal.com, so if you want to leave us a message, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you'd like to like our Facebook page or subscribe to us on YouTube, we'd, uh, we'd really appreciate that as well. So yeah, check them out. Soul cool. Sisters Paranormal. Um, uh, thank you once again for talking with me. We appreciate uh, you giving us some of your time. Yeah, appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, the K two stuff would be cool, like that. I I'm, I might actually watch that after this. Just uh yeah, just to say. Okay. Um, we are going to. The last person is Steve Stoltz, and he is old school paranormal, and he's based out of Kansas. All right. And uh, he's got, yep, he's got one cue. Um, but uh, 
It's a pretty long one, and we'll just break it up. That was in August of 2016, so four years ago. Okay. Um, what, we'll just start from the very beginning. What were your impressions uh, pulling up to the house, entering the house during your initial walk, and then some of the things that you guys found during your investigation? Okay. Well, we, we were surprised at just how small the, the house was. Um, and I guess, you know, back in the early 20th century, houses generally were not that big anyway. But yeah. when we pulled up to it, um, it was kind of a surreal feeling because, you know, we did at least four weeks of research on the location what happened there on you know on that June night of nineteen twelve and you know just pulling up to it was that house was very surreal just knowing everything that went on there and um, you know we got a uh, we got a an initial um, walk through we did an initial walk through at daylight with uh, with uh, a tour guide it wasn't Mrs. Lynn but it was a it was somebody else I, I don't remember who it was yeah. to be honest with you but you know you walk in and as soon as you cross that threshold it just kind of gets you the the environment the deep uh, darkness of the place and I think that just knowing what went on in that house over a hundred years ago uh, it just kind of hit all of us and there's a uh, you know, there's one guy on the team, Kevin, who's very, I would say, sensitive. Um, you want to pause it real quick? And- yep. It's actually pretty cool uh, that these interviews you have are all pretty drastically different in the way they investigate yeah. and what they think. So, like, the first one was very skeptical. They didn't get anything. They're, they're more on the side that maybe it's less uh, haunted or spiritually occupied, as people are saying. And then you had the middle, uh, the the the... Soul Sisters, they they seem like they had some activity, but they were they they were still kind of skeptical of it and their in their findings. And then this guy who's like right into it, he's like, yeah, I walked in and I was just kicked right in the nuts by some some ghost feelings and and darkness. Yeah, so it's it, each. This isn't a specific science. Like everyone yeah. has their own way of doing it, and uh, kind of wish we had day, our way. We could see what kind of wish we could have. You know, I know. Checked it out, but, but not, whatever. You know, take my money, but <laughs> yeah, no. right. Uh, not anymore. Uh, nope. We don't want to give All you right. money anymore. We can take our money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we still. All right, we're done. Yeah, we're done. All right, uh, back into it. Yep. It hit immediately the heaviness of of the place, and the more we went through that house, and especially when we went upstairs, where. You know, Joe and Sarah Moore's bedroom was, you, you know, you got to walk through that to get to the back of that second floor um, where the Moore children's room was. Um, and then walking by that attic door, it was just, I don't know, we kind of found ourselves looking over our shoulders, making sure there was nobody with an axe behind us. It was just, it was very, very heavy uh, in that place. And so, you know, that was our initial walk through you know we carry around a camera we carry around an audio recorder just to capture any events that may have happened while we were doing that initial walk through and then once we were done we left the house and as soon as we crossed that threshold going back outside it was like that weight 
was lifted. It's like, man, it's like a totally different environment. Oil um, walking outside. So we um, set up our cameras, um, divvied up the teams and how we were going to approach this. And uh, and then we kind of uh, went in and, and, and started doing the investigation. You know, we started in the parlor area. And, you know, like most typical paranormal teams do, you kind of get the vibe of the place, kind of listen to the house. We like to sit and listen and what the house is telling us. Um, you know, the creaks, um, the movements of the old house, any unusual noises, any common noises that we can rule out not being paranormal. Um, and, um, and just went into it. So, uh, you know, we had some very strange things happen there. You know, this is an overnight investigation. We started, I'm going to say, probably around 8 o'clock on that Saturday evening and ended up winding up the investigation at about 8 o'clock the following morning. So we were in and out of that house quite a bit, whether it's the four of us as a group or one of us at a time or groups of two, whatever the case may be. And we had a lot of strange things happen in that house. We just couldn't quite explain. And you guys, being investigators yourself, um, you know, it's not always what you hear or see during the investigation. When you go back through that audio and the video and you hear and see things that you did not experience during the course of the investigation, you know, there, there's a lot of things that happen on the, I guess, the post-production side of the investigation. So we picked up a lot of EVPs, a lot of anomalies that um, were, were quite unusual. So you know, I don't know if you <laughs> want me to run down kind of a list of things that happened or just kind of pick out the best ones. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So you want to pause before he starts there? But yeah, uh, I... I uh, agree. I most, do. most of the stuff that you find uh, is stuff you're not going to hear in person. Yeah, and when you do, it just makes it that much more special. Honestly, yeah. um, uh, not to yeah. throw back again to the country house, but yeah, those uh, <laughs> those uh, yeah. those EVPs are pretty nuts, and we did not hear those, and they are clear, crystal clear. In in sounds like in the mic, we did not yeah, hear that it in does. person. Yeah, and uh, and I really like what he what he explained about how you just sit in the house and just listen to the creaking, to the groaning of just right. a normal house. That way, you could when you're listening to your your posts, you know, recordings and stuff like that. Oh, what was that? Oh, wait, no, I remember now. That was the AC kicking on. I know what that sound is. Yeah. Or, okay, I know that that you get a little bit of creaks here. That's not actually footsteps. That's the air vent underneath the thing flexing, which we had it at right. the roadhouse. Right, yeah, we call um, that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, but uh, that also kind of adds to the whole, you know, how the house is small, like he said, and – you could hear like it creaks. How did you not hear someone in your attic? How did you not hear that person walking around swinging an axe at people? In, in the 1912, there are 19, 1912, 1910s. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's you, probably not that much sound going on in a small house. How do you not smell the cigarette midnight. smoke? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Even after the fact, I, like that, I would smell that the cig- lingers. I would smell the cigarette smoke and try to find the location of where it was coming from. And you could do that. You could you can follow where the smells coming from, and they right. would they would smell towards the attic, because if you look at the picture of the house, which, I mean, if you want to pop that up again right now, Anthony, 
you can see like where the room is and how the attic is not far away. And I, I think that the the attic is actually on the same floor, it almost looks like, as the upper floor rooms. Like you go up the stairs, you have the rooms, and then you have an attic next to it. It's not like the attic is above the rooms. Yeah, I got you. So I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's a lot of yeah, I don't know. It just kind of goes back to us like questioning the actual story of where this guy yeah. came from and that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to jump right back into it. He doesn't have much longer, maybe another minute or so, uh, yeah. talking about the things cool, that he cool. found. So some of the best, the best uh, things, I guess, that happened while we were there, like I said, we started in the parlor and just uh, listened to the house for a few minutes, and, and then we just started asking questions. And the more questions we were asking, you know, who's here, what is your name, can you knock on a wall, or can you light up one of our devices or something along those lines, just to let us know that you're here. Uh, almost immediately, Kevin, who's the sensitive one on the team, um, he, uh, the hair was standing on, on, on the ends of the, like on his arms, the back of his neck. But we also felt that heaviness come back. Yeah. Um, the, the more the sun went down <laughs> and the darker it got, it just seems like things were starting to occur more often. We got a lot of K2 hits in that house. And you guys haven't been in that house. There's no electricity in that house. So if we have static cameras set up around the house, uh, that is, you know, we had to bring in the extension cords to run from the barn in the backyard into the house. And so we knew that because there was no electricity uh, in the house itself, we knew that that wasn't setting off our K2s. But we were sitting around um, asking questions, and all of a sudden, we heard a huge thud, like something fell over upstairs. Really? And uh, we all heard it plain as day. Uh, several uh, audio recorders that we had placed throughout the house also picked it up. And, uh, you know, we went upstairs and checked it out because, you know, maybe like a piece of furniture fell over or something, like one, maybe one of our static cameras fell over or something, but nothing was disturbed upstairs. We couldn't quite under, uh, we couldn't quite figure that one out. Um, we picked up several EVPs uh, when we were in the post-production part of the of the uh, of the investigation. We picked up uh, the voice of a child; couldn't quite understand what it was saying. Uh, we picked up another EVP that was close to one of our audio recorders there in the parlor. It was almost like it was a very whispery "Hey," like a "Hey," yeah, kind yeah. Of thing that was that was very odd. Yeah, sorry. So they got I, a, I just they got a "Hey" over. too. I just ran over Ella's foot in my chair. Wow. That's so, yeah. calling animal control. Yeah, do it. Um, but, Actually. A, uh, sorry, I didn't cue. I forgot to cue his plug. I'm really sorry, uh, Steve. So go check out Old School Paranormal. It's on Facebook. I'm guessing there's some social media and a YouTube page um, on that. Uh, that is Old School Paranormal. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate everything yeah. you did in talking awesome. to me. Uh, if you ever got, if any of those guys need anything, reach out to us. But that's going to yeah. conclude my interview section, which was super cool. Like you said, each one had their own style and own kind of vibe with their with their uh, paranormal right. investigation. Right. And it's and cool. like the first guys, they said they didn't catch anything, you know. But then mm -hmm. like you have the last guy who, or last group or whatever, was more feeling and stuff. They had some EVPs in the second group. Like it's not a like said earlier it's not a science sometimes you're gonna catch stuff sometimes you're not gonna catch stuff like you might catch stuff all night i mean yeah you might get 
absolutely nothing. It doesn't mean that there's nothing there. Just, just not. It's not exact. So, um, I just sent you something, Tyler. If you want to read this, uh, this is actually yeah. a, 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 something else, kind of strange. I, that's I, I did actually see this when I was yeah. like looking through here while we were doing it, and I was gonna say yeah, something go ahead. about it too. So, but um, in 2014, um, there was something really really weird that happened in this house um it was a investigator ghost hunter he was staying overnight and he needed to be rushed to the hospital he was a he was 37 years old he was found with a self-inflicted stab wound to the chest um why he stabbed himself no idea um we just don't know but it it adds a nice little layer here yeah more intrigue Um, more intriguing to the house yeah, yeah but he like, did he did pass away uh so did he yeah well that is well, rest in peace man yeah exactly that's that's wild um well the, did, wait did I, he pass I, I would, away it doesn't say actually well i it didn't it didn't say when the like the one thing that i saw with it so i would assume he probably didn't because of this you think it, you think that would be something surviving would be something because i can see sir uh, if he passed away, that's not something that they put in there, just as respect. But if he right. survived, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't say he survived. So not having something in there leads me to the idea yeah. that he passed. Well, if you passed, rest in peace. If you're still alive, I hope you're doing good, bro. Can you tell us? But see, that's also another thing. Why he stabbed himself, uh, we simply don't know. However, it does add intrigue to the house. Why wouldn't we know? If he's alive, why wouldn't he say? So this, you know? this said it was on November 7th. Uh, was when this was. Um, let's see. Or wait, no, was that the? Okay, that was okay. So number, yeah, November seventh. A uh, uh, visitor was rushed to the hospital after a self-inflicted uh, stab wound. Um, let's see, house is familiar site. Um, I think that's a lot of this is. Here we go. So, um, I'm just reading. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, we'll talk. You read, we'll talk. Yeah, 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 go ahead. But uh, regardless, I think for the most part, what it sounds like, unfortunately, we can't say <laughs> that yeah. whether or not it's spiritually occupied, which uh, that's the unfortunate part about this episode. There's a lot of things that we couldn't do that was the whole reason for the podcast. But we still, I still enjoy being able to tell these stories that we would normally not be able to get to. Um, like, let us know what you think about this episode. Message us on Instagram, uh, on any of the posts, uh, comment on the YouTube video about it, or send us an email what you think. Because if you enjoyed this episode and how we went about it, we that will allow us to open up more and we can actually do more of these episodes and tell more stories of haunted right. houses that have really crazy stories that we otherwise wouldn't be able to tell you. Stuff, it's just stuff we, we might not be able to get to. Yeah, we just wouldn't yeah. be able to have the investigation, but we can tell you the story of it. And investigate so I, or interview other investigators. Okay. Um, sorry to cut you off, man. So it no, says it. Uh, 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 Robert uh, Larson, L-A-U-R-S-E-N Jr., 37, of Rhinelander, Wisconsin, was one of these visitors. Yeah. He arrived with a group of friends for a rec- recreational paranormal investigation, according to the Montgomery County Sheriff. From my understanding, he was alone in the northwest bedroom and the rest of the party was outside. He called for help on their mobile two-way radios, um, said the sheriff. His companions found him stabbed in the chest in a 
in apparent apparently that's where this like kind of intrigue comes in apparently self-inflicted wound called 911 he was brought to a nearby hospital before being helicoptered to Crichton University Medical Center in uh Omaha I it still does not say that's a little fishy if it doesn't say whether he passed or survived that's weird yeah let's see here um I would guess he probably survived it uh, honestly I would it, it would have been all over so and so go explores and passes away like I'm sorry but that yeah that I stuff would true. be all over the well, this, so yeah. this this says 40 this says uh Robert Larson is 43 years old born on uh February 3rd so that's uh he he's he's alive at this point is okay. what it looks okay. like weird so, Alrighty, well anyway yeah. <laughs> cool, right. cool little thing to add to weird, it, but weird happening, yeah, weird happenings. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, in other words, that's gonna wrap up episode seven of the Velix, Veliska Axe Murder House. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Head up our handles, haunting underscore table, at Instagram and Twitter to follow when this episode gets posted, and uh, when the YouTube episode gets posted, and then also just to follow around some cool pictures that we're gonna post that. Um, we weren't unfortunately able to take ourselves, but it's cool stuff uh, that has been taken of the building itself. Cool little things. Uh, maybe yep. even some pictures of like uh, some of the suspects and stuff like that. So go ahead and follow those. And like I said, if you liked this episode and the way it's done, please let us know either by commenting on uh, pictures or videos, uh, pictures on Instagram or videos on YouTube. Let us know so that way... Like I said, if this is something that you enjoy, we can continue doing this and we can make this a regular thing where we do episodes like this. But we're still, of course, going to heavily rely on our investigations because that's what we enjoy doing. That's we want to we want to go there. We obviously. want to go there and we will. Oh, yeah. we will whether or not you like this format is not going to change the fact that we're still going to go do investigations and bring the haunting table. That's the point. Yeah, uh, you. Yeah. So let us know what you think. If you do enjoy Hoping this. That. We will be able to fill dead. more space. We will be able to fill more space because sometimes we can't get out to do an investigation, and we don't want to just put episodes out that you don't enjoy. So let us know, um, and then yep, you can do that with the haunting table, the haunting table at gmail.com. Send us any information on how to podcast better if you have any, or if you have any places you can get us into to do investigations. That would be fantastic. And also, if you feel extra generous and you want to help. You know, produce these episodes so we can afford to go out. You can look up the haunting table or paypal.me forward slash the haunting table, as well as a Patreon that Tyler will tell you about real quick. So, yep, um, it is Patreon dot well, Patreon dot I don't know, it's Patreon dot com. Anyway, uh, slash haunting underscore table. We had our first patron, by the way. Uh, he was in our ten dollar tier. We still got to get him some. Uh, What's some the, of the tier called? The ten dollar tier. I don't remember. I don't. Oh remember. come on. I don't. Oh. Remember. I don't remember. Come on, man. You think I know these things? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What? What do you think? Like I made this or something? Yes. Jeez. No. He is. Uh. So it's uh. Braden. Uh. He's actually one of my one of my friends. Ten dollar tier. He is a ghost hunter. Hey. Also ghost. So ghost ghost boy. He is also a ghost hunter with us. Nice. Um. Get some behind. He's gonna get some behind the scenes uh, pictures, videos, that kind of stuff. But gotta give him the shout out. First yeah. patron. Brady, hey, thanks. You are support. amazing. 
Appreciate Thank you. you. So much. Yeah, go there. Go there. You can leave uh, comments. Uh, you can leave notes and things that we can. We'll, we will read off live. If you leave a note, we'll read it off. Something you want to say. Unless uh, it's You get a shout out. Unless it's obviously. Why? I, some people are dumb. They got to be. Obviously. You gotta explain yeah, but it. I'm Don't also say. not dumb enough to read it on a podcast. <laughs> uh, that jury's still out. Anyway, give him a little, so give him a little bit of credit. Jeez. So regardless, <laughs> that's gonna do this episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming by. Did I forget anything, boys? Did I forget anything? Do we want to show them the 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 possible merch sweater that we're looking at? Like the logo that we're looking at for people to... Um, we'll post that up in the YouTube video right here, right above me. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, take a look at that. This is some of the ideas we have for some merch. If you have any ideas for merch or something you want to see, like if you have a, a phrase that you enjoy specifically that we do, let us know uh, and we will do that. But anything else did I miss, boys? Are we done? I think we're done. Right. I think. Well, I guess everybody, we'll the Ghost Squad, <laughs> until next time, hey. stay safe. And happy haunting. Haunting. Oh my God.